0: Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 38, the flagship show for Sifted Games. I'm Shane Satterfield. And I'm Matt Kyle. And we are here to give you some awesome video game news today. Awesome? <laughs> awesome. Is it awesome? Yep, all the games are coming out. We got some great stuff to talk about. Uh, let's see if I have any housekeeping stuff to keep track of. Um, just to avoid the question being asked at the end of the show, I'm still working on all the GT guys stuff. Um, otherwise, I know you guys will ask like a million questions at the end of the show about it. Uh, nothing new to report, nothing to update on right now. Uh, just talking to those guys. They, I think they had their own meeting last night where they got together and kind of tried to figure out what they're going to do. Um, just kind of got to wait to figure out what they want to do. Obviously, you can't force someone to work somewhere, so who knows if they're going to end up like getting together and doing their own thing. It can, but it's illegal. <laughs> In some countries, I could get away with that. <laughs> just not America, unfortunately. So. No real update on that. Uh, site developments, nothing really going on right now. Um, everything's. Just, uh, Brent's obviously still working on the site, and there's little things coming online every day. When's the next uh, Platinum Journey? Oh, next Platinum Journey should be in about two weeks, actually. It takes him three weeks. Um, Do we know a game, or is it a secret? Batman won oh, okay. the poll, so that is going to be the next one. It was a close battle, though. Mm. Um, it won by like Battle. five exactly. It won by like five votes. But Adam is hard at work working on that right now. Uh, also, I should mention um, we are trying to put together a sifted quiz show. Uh, I put a, uh, a message on the message board about a month ago asking if people would be interested in it. They are interested in it, so I'm trying to set that up right now in the forums. We actually were going to do a dry run or a trial run this past weekend, but I ended up getting too busy and couldn't do it. So hopefully this weekend. Um, I don't know if you would necessarily ever see that first episode. It depends on how good it turns out. Hmm. Um, uh, But if it is good, I will publish it just to kind of get an idea if you guys are into it in this current format. Maybe get some notes on how to evolve it and make it better. So that is coming down the pike. But no new news on the GT folks. But we have a lot to get to in today's show. So let's get to the big six. Overwatch, Matt. I feel.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played it. I
0: feel like we should have talked about this game before. Probably. Um, we have mentioned it a couple times. Yeah, I mean, just kind of in passing. I think we've mentioned mm. it in like our big like year preview or whatever, um, and we've talked about it just kind of in passing, but never really. Yeah. Now that I've
2: gotten past my um, uh, mental problem that causes me to confuse it with uh, Battleborn,
0: I think everybody does that. In fact, a perfect <laughs> example of that was. When we originally created the rundowns for today's show, Battleborn was topic number <laughs> one, when it was supposed to be Overwatch all along. So, so I can understand. Like they're mm. very similar games. They're like MOBA style shooters with very distinctive characters. In fact, that they are kind of the same exact game, except I resonate with Overwatch's characters a lot more.
2: Yeah, I think Overwatch has better art.
0: Style. Be- definitely for better sure. art. But they both have like the same like cartoony style. Yeah. Like. It's very easy to see why people could confuse these two games. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't really have a
2: lot of interest in either one because it's not really my thing. But I, if you're going to strap me down and force me to play
0: one, I think I trust Blizzard a little more. Matt, I'm going, before this segment of the Big Six is over, I'm going to convince you to change your mind on this game. I, I have been in the you're going beta. To
2: drag me out of my apathy huh?
0: I don't think I'll even have to drag you. I think when I start explaining it to you you'll you'll get on board with it. So I have been in the beta for about the last week. I've been playing it for a couple hours a day. If I get a little break here and there I just kind of jump in and play it for a little while. And I am loving this game Matt loving this game. I'll be perfectly honest with you look every shooter this, these days has a beta like everyone and you look if you're gonna have an online play, you kind of have to to test the servers stress test them, things like that, and I've been in all of them. I've played every first-person shooter beta that's probably happened for the last I don't know how many years, and this is my favorite first-person shooter, shooter beta I have ever played. I am enjoying it that much, and why I'm enjoying it is because it is completely different, and I know it may sound crazy, it's completely different from any shooter I've ever played. And here's why. Because it is set up like a MOBA, and one thing I will say that's a little different between Overwatch and Battleborn is that Overwatch isn't set up blatantly like a MOBA. So I don't, you don't play a lot of MOBAs, Matt, but basically how it works is you have three lanes, mm-hmm. and you know people are assigned to each lane, and it's your job to push that lane to the other team's base and then destroy the enemy's base. That's the basics mm-hmm. of a MOBA. And with border, with border, not Borderlands. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. With Battleborn, those three lanes are very clear. Like, you can see the mid lane goes straight to the base, you have like the top and the bot lanes that go around the sides, basically. Mm -hmm. This game, the way the maps are set up, it's not like blatantly three lanes. So that's one way it doesn't immediately look like a MOBA, but how it does look like a MOBA is the characters. And this is one thing that I love about MOBAs, and I think a, a big reason why the genre has become huge is because each character in the game is very carefully thought out and is, is its own individual entity. So, for instance, you're playing Battlefront or you're playing Call of Duty. Sure, you have a, you can use a different gun, although those guns all kind of fire the same. But you all use guns, you all use grenades, and the controls are always the same. You always throw a grenade with the right shoulder button, you always fire with a trigger button. This game is set up like a MOBA in that every single character controls completely differently. So there are some characters where if you squeeze like the left trigger, it will fire like an alt fire. Um, And so what you have to do is you have to learn the ins and outs of each character, learn what their strengths and weaknesses are, learn what their special attacks are, and then figure out how those work with other characters. Every character you play feels like a completely different and unique experience, and I'm not just saying that, it's not lip service, like literally, like, it's extremely different depending on what character you you play with. And some people may not like this because what it does is it forces you how to learn to play each character. Like, you can't just be generally good at it, I guess. Mm. I mean, look, your, your Twitch skills, how fast you can aim and things like that, sure, that matters across the board. But everything else you have to relearn with each character. And I love that about this game. I love that about MOBAs as well. It's like playing one character is not the same as playing another. That's why I've always,
2: you know, I've never gotten deep
0: into the MOBA thing, but I've always felt the closest, actually, the closest
2: analog to a MOBA game, the MOBA genre was fighting games. Yeah. Because it's about the characters, it's about learning each character, it's about learning the matchups.
0: But even, but I, I would even counter that with even fighting games like Street Fighter V, for instance, you know. A lot of characters have half circle Mm. towards, hit a button, quarter circle towards, hit a button for their moves. Like, that's not really how this game works at all. It really, that is where it's most like a MOBA, is that each character is like its own beast. And I guarantee you, people are going to start cosplaying these characters, and they're going to become like little pop culture symbols, just like some of the characters in League of Legends are. And you're going to see people at conventions dressing like them, T-shirts for the characters, things like that. Very smart on Blizzard's part as far as marketing and merchandising games. Like it's a huge boon for it. Um, the game so far, what is included in the beta is pretty much just one game mode. Basically, it's like a capture and hold mode where the point moves, and uh, each character is like a class. So, for instance, you have tanks, you have uh, you have heavy melee characters, you have uh, really quick players who can teleport around and are are more for attacking and assault Um, and when you start each match and you're kind of in the matchmaking screen it will show you the roles on your team that have yet to be filled so you can make sure that even if you don't people don't know what they're doing there's kind of a guy there to let them know like hey we're missing a tank here who can absorb damage while the other guys come in and like deal the damage Um, before the match starts you're kind of in this room where you can just like try out all your weapons and everything because, again, you have to kind of relearn every character and uh, every time you go to play. So, you're in a room where you can kind of like pre match, you can try out the weapons, the attacks. If you don't like it, you can swap right on the fly in that room. You can also swap on the fly while you're playing at any time, you can kind of switch your characters out. Um, It's just really refreshing because what I found is there's some people who were in the first beta who were really freaking good at the game. And I learned so much just by playing with those guys, watching what they do. Like, you know, there's healers. There's people who are just support characters who just run around and heal, heal. Or you support spells because there's spells, there's crazy weapons. Like, the creativity in the game is awesome. Like... I'm, I'm understanding now why the press on this game has been so positive over the last like month and a half, as far as like the press who got into the first beta. Um, it's crazy addictive. You feel like you're, you learn something every match to get a little bit better with your character. You learn how to work with other characters better with every match that you play. Um, characters complement each other. There's certain pairs that work well together when paired up. Uh, it is it's unlike any shooter I've ever played before. And that's saying something after all the shooters i'm a big fan of first person shooters and i you know i kind of make it my point to play as many as i can to have a good frame of reference on them and i am just eating this game up it also doesn't hurt that the thing looks amazing and runs like a beast on my pc and i don't have i have a a good rig i built it about a year and a half ago and it was pretty close to the top of the line for then now it's starting to show it's some cracks in its facade a little bit but I run it on Ultra, and it runs at like 144 frames, pegged. Like, I think Blizzard has got a big hit on his hands. Like, it's another shooter that doesn't have great single-player content, so it'll be interesting to see how they price the game um, and what kind of uproar there is over yet another shooter that doesn't really have a legitimate campaign. It is interesting because, like, when I see a game like
2: this, of this nature, like, I instantly just assume it's free-to-play. Yeah. I presume it is not.
0: Well, I don't know. It might be free to play, but the pricing that I'm talking about is like how much do they price per character, per characters, per skins? Because maybe. that's that's where you that's make the League your of Legends money. Model. That's yeah. the League of Legends model. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to, to see too how they release the new characters for this. There's a ton in this beta. Like I think there are 16 to 20 characters already in the beta. That might even be the full roster. I think they may be giving it to you all right away. But you know, the League of Legends tactic is when they put out a new character, they make the character OP or overpowered because that makes people buy the character. And then after that rush of sales is over, then they nerf the character for competitive reasons or because the next LCS is coming up or whatever, and they know the pros will really abuse the OP nature of the character. So then they'll nerf it, and then you know the sales will dovetail out. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that model if they do the same thing like, oh, here's this new character, and by the way, he just obliterates like everybody else for the first like two weeks. Everybody buys him. They nerf him. Do- Suddenly, he's not in every game anymore. It doesn't sound like Blizzard's style, really. It doesn't. But uh, you know, I feel like Blizzard has handled Hearthstone pretty well mm-hmm. as far as how they've done updates for that game. Um, so I feel like there's a pretty good template there to be pretty confident yeah. in how they'll do it. Um, and look, you know, the, lo- the lack of a campaign is pretty disappointing um, because with these characters, I feel like again it can make a really good campaign. And I don't know if you remember the the first trailer they showed for this, but. Like, these characters would make an awesome campaign just based on that trailer. Um, so it's a little bit of a shame that there's not a crazy, robust single-player element, but I'm telling you, like... Chat, what, chat's
2: saying that it's $40 on PC and $60 on consoles. Yeah, so... That's a little steep. <laughs> yeah, but future classes are free, they say, so that's not bad. So future, all characters are free. According to uh, W. Matthew.
0: Okay, well that's good news. But still, you're you're gonna run into that same argument of sixty dollars for a shooter with no real campaign to it. Yeah, well, and Battleborn does have more of a fleshed out. It's no campaign. Star
2: Wars, but if it plays well, plays interesting, that could be better.
0: What's really gonna be interesting is watching how this game and Battleborn market themselves, and what kind of dollars are put behind it, and how, and which of these games comes out ahead and why. Um, I've played very little of Battleborn. I think I played like 15 minutes of it at E3 this past year. Um, I've played hours and hours of uh, Overwatch at this point. So, probably not too fair for me to say, oh, you know, Overwatch is the better game at this point because I haven't had enough with Battleborn to really know, but one thing I would say is that Battleborn is really going to have to bring it if it wants to compete with this game because Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so solid on so many levels already um, that I can't, you know, once I get all the data from the beta and start incorporating it and start balancing it even better, um, the other thing I liked about it, too, is that like, I was able to jump into a game and I wasn't just getting slaughtered like right out of the gate. Like, sure, people were playing that were a lot better than me. But there's so many opportunities to work with other characters um, in the game that once you kind of pick up on that, it's very easy to kind of kind of be that parasite following around the better players. And uh, sometimes they'll pick up on it and they'll like focus on you to make sure that they heal you and things like that. Uh, there's health pickups around the maps you can pick up. They don't give you a ton of health. But it might be enough to just like get through that next skirmish without dying. Um, so there's a nice little rebounding mechanic there. Um, I'm just really impressed with it. And look, I know you didn't get to play it, so I knew this conversation was going to be a little one-sided. <laughs> but uh, I like it so much that I felt like we really needed to dedicate some time to the game on, uh, on Game Face. Because... Well, I do
2: enjoy some support class playing in multiplayer now and then, so that's, that might be enough for me to take a look.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's, like, I tried, when I first played the first game, I tried to find, like, the generic, like, assault rifle guy. And couldn't find one. Like, there literally wasn't one. Like, which at first I was like, oh, what's this? Like, where's the guy that I always play in first-person shooters? And then I just started looking around. I actually ended up settling on as my favorite character, this character that's basically a ripoff of Samus. It's a girl in, like, a power armor suit with a helmet and, like, arm cannons and uh, she has like an unlimited like rocket launcher on one arm and then you know and like a lot of and traversal is a big part of it some characters can jump like a hundred yards in the sky some of them just have one jump some have a double jump some have grapple hooks that they can use Um, so there's like a lot of verticality to the game and there's a a definite advantage to characters who can scale to the tops of buildings because you have that vantage point up there and other characters don't notice you it's Balancing is going to be tricky, and that's you know something that League of Legends gets right, even though they manipulate it a little bit when they release new characters. Like ultimately, a week or two later, like that character is balanced perfectly with the rest of the game. Um, granted, there's a couple characters in League of Legends that people would argue still uh, aren't great or aren't perfectly balanced. I'm Master Yi, I'm looking at you. Hmm. But for the most part, they do a great job of despite. All these characters having so many different characteristics and different things they can do and hundreds of other characters that they can interact with, they find a way to make it all work. And that's going to be the magic sauce for this. I mean, granted, you start, you got 20 characters, it's a little easier um, than with a game like League of Legends where there's literally like hundreds. But um, I'm really loving this game, and in full disclosure, I should say, I do play MOBAs, I, I do play League of Legends, I do play Dota 2. Uh, I did play Heroes of the Storm that didn't last very long. I don't know if that bodes well for uh, Blizzard in this case. Um, and I don't really play Smite. Um, but I do play a lot of League. I play a lot of Dota. Um, and so I feel like I have a pretty good frame of reference on how this feels. And, it, and here's the thing. Like, if you don't play MOBAs, you probably wouldn't notice this was a MOBA. you just say, this is a crazy shooter with awesome characters. Mm. But because I play that genre, I see the parallels in how they're doing things. And again, it's masked pretty well. Because the maps aren't just blatantly like three lanes that you, that you have to uh, attack and defend. So, based on the beta, man, I am loving this game. I, uh, I highly recommend, if you guys can get into the beta, that you do it. Again, it looks great without taxing your rig. You don't need some crazy machine to run it and run it well. Um, yeah, so if you can get in it, I definitely recommend trying to get on the beta. In fact, I recommend that to you as well. Did I convince you to give it a try?
2: Uh, you convince me to give it a try. Yeah. I Again, like you know, multiplayer shooter stuff just doesn't generally tend to grab me too much. But uh, you know, if if there's the variety of things to do, as you say, then maybe something in there will.
0: Yeah, because it's funny, you know, it's, it's such a big deal was made about how Call of Duty has gone to this traversal mechanic for its last two games, increasing traversal. Well, I mean, the traversal in this just blows both of those games away. I mean, there are certain characters in here that are far more. Agile than any Call of Duty game, but then there's some that are also like stuck on the ground. They're like heavies and like they have to stay on the ground, but they have shields that they can put up to protect them from damage. Um, there's just something for everybody in this game, no matter what kind of player you are. And I don't necessarily feel like all first-person shooters are that way. Like they have expanded and and increased like their their latitude and what they do over the last four or five years. But I like when, this guy. Yeah, I mean it's it's like I said, you watch all the different characters in this game, and everyone is different. Like, this guy's obviously an engineer who can build turrets. And, you know, the weapons are really imaginative and cool, and, like, I'm loving it, man. I'm loving Overwatch. That's all I can really say about it. So... Sifters, keep an eye on uh, the Early Access channel on Sifted. If uh, there's another beta that comes up, maybe they'll do an open beta eventually. Like, I which, would think. Which is another thing that like tends to happen with every shooter these days. They do like the closed ones and then they open it up to everybody. Just so, like The Division. Yeah, The Division's open right now to everyone. Or is that ended already? I think that might be over. Yeah. Um, and Hitman's going to open beta, I believe, in a week mm-hmm. as well for everybody. Although it's not necessarily a shooter. So... Here's what I'm saying about uh, Overwatch. The hype is real, people. When you see all the positive stuff being written about it elsewhere, uh, they're not wrong. It is a really, really fun game, really diverse. You don't have to like MOBAs to uh, appreciate it. So, highly recommend it. Try to get on the beta. I'm really excited to check out the final product. So, let's move on to the next topic of the big six. So, VR helmet number two. Mm -hmm. Cards on the table now. (laughs) Stuff was leaking out the past week. They're like, oh, they're going to announce the price and the release date um, with the within pre- a week. Yeah, with the pre-orders right. going up. And the next day, like, everything broke. Yeah, just get ahead of it, I guess. Yep, so $800, 800 U.S. dollars, $799 799 U.S. dollars. US dollars. April 1st, is that right? Pre-orders on the that 29th sounds right. of February. Yeah, right. April 1st launch, I believe. Not a good launch day. No. <laughs> don't, don't launch on April 1st. Yeah, I don't April know. 1st is a dicey date to do anything, yeah. really, if you want a lot of people to don't show up. not leave
2: the house if you can help yeah. it at this point. <laughs> if you work in internet or gaming or anything, like it's just, like it's you're going to have a bad time.
0: Yeah. Um, so, how, first of all, how are you feeling about that price, Matt? Nope. Nope. I
2: think you're right. I think it's the best hardware of the three, uh, major HMDs, yeah. head-mounted displays. <laughs> um, but, uh, what no. Like eight hundred dollars for something that like there's no there's nothing there there's no there there yet. Like it's it you know, you, I needed some I need some software. I also need it's, it also seems to need its own room, which I can't give it. Like it, it really looks like the best hardware, like by a pretty big margin but like
0: it doesn't necessarily need its own room it needs a room where you can push everything to the edge of the room i guess is... Yeah, i don't
2: have one of those yeah it's... most
0: people don't if you live in an apartment most people don't have a spare room no. where they can just shove everything out of the way i
2: don't have a vr room yet i'm sure one day that'll be like having an you know your own office in in, in the spare bedroom but not right now
0: yeah so 800 dollars, april 1st um, comes with everything though. You get yes. it with controllers, and you get like the sensors that have to be installed on the ceiling, which I think is the craziest part of the Vive, <laughs> is that you have There's to some basically... commitment here. You got to. got break the screwdriver out for this yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, in a drill probably. If Drills you to make and drywall sure. hooks. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's a yeah it's a process. Yep, so, but you get that all that for 800 bucks. whereas you start looking at Oculus, you don't get any controllers with Oculus. All you get is an Xbox One controller with it. Um, I'm guessing each one of those controllers is going to cost $100. That'll get you at $200 right there. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the other, at least for me personally, the other discouraging thing about Vive is that they, Valve released on Steam, a tool that you could run on your PC to figure out if it's going to be able to handle Vive. Mm-hmm. And so I ran that tool, and... <laughs> It told me I need a new video card. That some games might work mm. with my current configuration, but chances are, if I want to play Vive exclusive games, I need a new four to five hundred dollar video card. Basically, I need a G- GTX 980 Ti basically, mm-hmm. and that's what's that right now for five hundred or, or is it more even? Might be more depending on which model
2: you're after. Yeah, the, the good, you know, the I don't know. I haven't looked at that in a while, not for about a year. Yeah, so. I ran it. I ran the Steam VR thing and uh, I'm good. You're I believe yeah. you're good. I guarantee you're good.
0: <laughs> if your rig isn't good, no one's rig is good. But, uh, so I was disappointed to see that because I'm a little shocked
2: at how high the requirements are for it though. Well like people with like nine seventies getting nine seventy titanium is being told is like, yeah, you might want to bump it up a bit, son. It's just like, yeah. whoa, that's But that's that no I mean joke.
0: look, that's that's just show that's the proof in the pudding that shows yeah. you that it's gonna be the best technology. But who's making stuff for it? Right. Here's my thing. It's like, so I need to buy it. I want this one. I want Vive. Of the three, Vive is what I want. If I had, if price was no object and I got to choose one of them, I would choose Vive. Although, I look, I agree with you. Where's the content? Well, the thing kind of is is that most games that work for Oculus are also going to work for Vive. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Where's the exclusive stuff for Vive? Because... That's not what I'm going to buy a Vive for. I'm going to buy a Vive because it is a spatial virtual reality hardware. Stuff that takes advantage of it. it Yeah, it tracks you in an environment, and it's like you're walking around in this virtual... It's like the closest thing to a holodeck. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Oculus and PlayStation VR, you just kind of sit there and move your head. This tracks you as you move around the room. And so... I just don't... I can't do it, Matt. I cannot <laughs> spend $800 for Vive and then have to spend another 500 I can't spend $1,300 to get on the VR train, man. I no. can't do it. And this is what I want, but I'm going to have to compromise, unfortunately.
2: I think a lot of people are going to have to, and that's just the people that are that actively interested in this VR, you know, the first wave VR thing, which I, I don't... I got to say, while I am a believer that eventually VR will be a thing, possibly the thing. Uh I don't think it's these. I think we're looking I think we're looking down the barrel of the Atari twenty six hundred ColecoVision and the television right now of VR. It's it's way at the beginning and I think we are going to, I think the way most people are going to experience VR for the first time is gonna be like we did in the arcades back in the day. I think we're gonna have like VR centers, similar to like laser tag centers or like David Buster's stuff and you know, there's stuff like that now where you can, like, you know, like, you, you, I think there was a story on, on Sifted that was uh, curated where it was, like, you put the headset on, you get, like, the things in your hands, and they run you through what's basically, like, a haunted house maze, and, like, you have to, like, push stuff aside, yeah, and, like, yeah. everything is an equivalent in the, in the headset that you're seeing. You're pushing, like, cobwebs aside, and it's, like, strings hanging from the ceiling and stuff, and it's all very, conv- but I think that's how VR will sort of be experienced by the average consumer for quite, you know, like a few years until things get cheap enough to sort of justify inclusion in the home market uh, for the average consumer, and then, and then those kind of like more center style things will vanish just the same way arcades did.
0: Yeah, look, I think you're getting your money's worth with Vive. When you talk about Oculus at 600, Vive at 800, if you just look at the hardware, you're getting, oh yeah, you're getting your money's worth, but also the experience. I don't think they're
2: overpriced for what they are. I should make that clear. Like, I don't think they're gouging us with those prices. I think that's just what they have to charge at this point.
0: And uh, I think it's gonna fail and fail miserably. Mm-hmm. I, at that price, I mean, you are really talking only the rich boys with rich boy toys. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's gonna be able to afford it. And if you can't afford it, and if people can't afford it, and there's no installed base for it, no one's gonna make games for it. And mm-hmm. it's going to be one of these things where you have this rush of games at the beginning, and as time goes on, as all the developers realize, I can't make any money off of this, it's going to end up becoming a port dump for Oculus games. And you're going to end up like Nintendo. You're going to get, like, two or three exclusive experiences per year on mm-hmm. the Vive. And that's not good enough for $1,300, man. It's just not. In addition to this other rig that I've built that also costs a lot of money, granted, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, but, you know, all in... Think about what you're talking about here, because I don't think a $1,500 PC will run the Vive, personally, mm-hmm. which is what, you know, what they're saying with uh, oh, Oculus. $1,500 all in with Oculus. Yeah. Like, a $1,000 PC is not going to run Vive, so you're talking about at least $1,500, $2,000 PC, and then another 800 I mean, you're talking about almost $3,000 all in to play Vive. Like to play what?
2: Yeah, that's the it's, thing. It's like, there's nothing there for me to be like, oh, I will spend $3,000 to be an X-Wing pilot or be what, you know, in this yeah. kind of thing. Or to fight with a lightsaber in your... And you it's know, coming out in like thing. two and months. It's, and it's like, what do you... What, I, I don't... I mean, I, I hope everybody involved in the VR thing is uh, both consumer and product makers. I hope they're all ready to be in for the long haul because that's what this is.
0: I mean, like, look, John must spend in... Twenty or almost two thousand dollars to play Job Simulator. Right. Like I'm just not doing it, man. It's not worth it. Like, I love Res, but give me a I break. mean, I don't think Res is even coming for Vibes. No. So, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's it's weird because when they announced the price, at first I was like, "That's not bad. That's about what I thought it was going to be." And then I ran the test on Steam and realized that my machine wasn't capable and. You know, look, I could probably sell my old video card and get a couple hundred bucks for it. So, but I don't want to. What I want to do is take that <laughs> card and put it in another PC that's older so that it has a decent video card, one of the machines here in the office. So, I mean, technically, I could, you know, get a card for $300 net after I would sell that, that old card, but. Man, I just don't know. It's discouraging. Like, again, it was like I was excited. I was like, oh, $100. And then I found out I needed a new car. And I was like, well, crap. Like, convince my wife to spend that much money on VR is a really tough sell. Yeah.
2: And then what if, like, you don't use it?
0: Right. Then yeah. it's like a reminder. You're like sitting every... around
2: waiting around for, like, the, the killer app to show up. And it's, you know, who knows? I, mean... I feel,
0: I almost feel like I can almost prophesize Vive being like the Nintendo 64. Like, that same mm. model where you're getting, like, one exclusive game, like, every six months to, like, ten months, and some are, like, really great and live up to expectations, and some of them that you wait four or five months for end up being not that great. Mm. But an Nintendo 64 costs 249 US dollars. There's a big difference.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see a lot of parallels to sort of the weird peripheral thing, and just sort of that slowly dying off feature, you know. Because, I mean, I don't know how future-proof these things are. You know, I don't know if, like, are you still going to be able to use your Vive for VR games ten years from now? You would think so. You would hope
0: so. I mean, obviously, something else will come out that has better fidelity, but you would think it would, at least for a while, would be backwards mm-hmm. compatible with that new tech. You would hope. I mean, that's a whole new level when of, When you're like... spending that much money, you don't want to hope, though. You need no, to know. exactly. It's like hoping that there's going to be a good game. Like, there is I not... I think the vast
2: majority of people are going to be in a wait-and-see mode for these things.
0: And that's the thing. Like, look, if we if there's six, if HTC is six months into sales of Vive, and there are like five hundred thousand of them out there, what's HTC going to do? Mm. They're going to bail. Yeah. Like. Is not. I mean. I mean. Do we
2: have any notion of like what sales expectations are?
0: Not at all. Nope. I haven't. They haven't announced really anything of what they expect, and I don't think any VR company is going to, because it's very likely that the hit doesn't hit it, yeah. and so.
2: Well, maybe they just also don't know. Like, I don't know it how, could you, be. how you even research that. But
0: once you put that number out there and you don't hit it, yeah, now like, there's no snake. way to spin it.
1: Yeah.
0: If you don't put the number out there, no matter how low the sales are, you can always say it's sold about or above our expectations and mm-hmm. you don't end up with egg on your face. So... I'm really discouraged, to be honest with you. I uh, was really excited for Vive, and uh, you know, I doubt we're gonna get one cent for free to cover it. So that's the other thing, mm-hmm. like the hole in coverage. Like, yeah, you actually do kind of have a good room for it here. Oh, it'd be perfect. Like, I could totally set it up in here. and We could do live streams. Like, that's one thing that's gonna be really cool with VR if you can make sure that you get the video feed of what someone's seeing and can get that out of it, and then you know, picture-in-picture mm. picture of you with the helmet on, especially with Vive. Like, it could be really interesting to yeah. watch people play. Or what What if,
2: can it be done, I don't know what that signal would be like, but what if you could watch a Let's Play of a VR game in VR?
1: In your own, <laughs>
2: like, your own Vive at home, so, like, when you, while uh. you're playing the game, I can stream your feed, and I can see what you're seeing. But then it's like someone else is moving your head around.
0: Oh, yeah, and like, you're out of control. It make you sick. It'd make you dizzy, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But the, the, what I'm saying is, the opportunities here for some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, here, the other angle. We don't want to talk about this too much because we've talked about PlayStation VR so much on the show already. But this certainly opens the door for Sony to to be the most successful. Um, certainly the cheapest. Well, it also makes me nervous because now for Sony to come in as the cheap guy. They can come in at like $500. Like, mm-hmm. that's I don't still think, high.
2: But again, I don't think that's gonna. Sell too well. I mean, if they're that, saying if that headset are... is more than the system, like you, the average person is going to look at it and be like, "What?" Yeah. like it, Especially considering how much stuff you need to play Imagine
0: it. Imagine if they bundle it in, and the bundles like, hundred like dollars. Yeah.
2: Well, the system's like what three fifty now with yeah. a, with like a bundled Call of Duty or yeah. a bundled Uncharted.
1: Yeah.
0: Damn. man yeah. I mean, that's VR is starting to really look dicey, man. It really is. Like, I think I'm starting to come around to your way of yeah. thinking. Like, it may just be too it's early. It's too much
2: money. It's too much. and That's
0: what happens when you launch a technology too early. It's too expensive. Yeah. But and, remember... I
2: lo- and I love, like, you know... I mean, I'm not saying the tech's bad. I'm not saying that I don't believe it. I've I've used... I haven't used Vibe, but I have used Oculus and PSVR, and I think they're great. Like, Res is amazing. Uh, yeah. Eve Valkyrie is great, is great as a flight sim fan, space flight sim fan from way back. Eve Valkyrie's like, just leave me here all day. I'll play this all day. Yeah. But, like, will I spend $600 to do that? No. Like and, and, like, to say nothing to the people that think it's really cool and want to get involved, but, you know, just literally don't have that kind of money to throw at an entertainment product. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's... I think it's unfeasible just from a financial perspective for most of most uh, Americans, I would think.
0: Well, a lot of people, when they talk about VR, like to point to Apple and the iPhone. And how, when Apple first announced the iPhone, it was like, it's $600. People were like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. And I think even Pactor was like, Apple's well, nuts.
2: I, I wasn't. Because the thing is, you can justify a phone to yourself. Oh, I could get calls and right. work email and i can look at this. you know like you you get around that by kind of making it well you this live like, with
0: your phone it's right. like your it's like your uh your little fairy that follows you around right. it's like your yeah. navi it's but my like, mini map yeah it is literally like it'll yeah. also be your minimap. hey listen hey listen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the other angle of that too is that the phone companies subsidize it so you never really yeah, pay you never really pay six hundred dollars for it phone. Maybe that's the model that these VR headsets are gonna to have to eventually move to to really get mass market penetration. Mm-hmm. Is some kind of a subsidy, but you don't I'm have a service making money off of it, except for maybe Steam. Yeah, maybe Valve needs. Like, to Like I don't subsidize know what service
2: it. you really do through that. I mean, unless unless it's porn. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> You're right. and, you know that's like, the one thing yeah. that really is that where the revolution would come from. You, I mean, there's that's a the lot of, is. there's enough horny guys that would like you know hawk up six hundred bucks. To have like like a revolution in porn in their living room yeah, i guarantee yeah. you um but that again that can drive adoption like it did with dvd um you know and vhs particularly vhs that's one of the main reasons a lot of people believe that's one of the main reasons vhs beat beta oh yeah beta. So, that's that's
0: a known fact yeah. the reason that vhs won was because of porn
2: but like you know that doesn't win the war for you but it right. does win you the major fir- first battle and gets you into the hands of consumers i still think uh, the way to do it is to do these things like these VR centers, like these sort of family yeah. fun center ideas. Make it An something arcade, people yeah. have fun doing, just like arcade games were. Make it something that, you know, everybody wanted a home version of Pac Man. Yeah. People were so desperate for that they bought that terrible 2600 version. Yeah. So, like, I think make it a desirable thing, make it something people have a positive experience with and something they they relate to is like, oh, that's a high end experience. It's a high end entertainment product. And then if you, if you eventually can like, kind of finagle it, and that's going to create. Its own titles. It's going to create its own games. People want a home version of. You're right, yeah. and then you can kind of spin that into like now you can have this thing that you normally have to go out to like a Dave and Buster's equivalent to, to have. Now you can have it in your home. It's like the reverse of Dave and Buster's convincing you to spend a dollar to play Fruit Ninja. Yeah, you know, um, and I think that's a feasible idea. It's going to take years, and someone's got to really you know be willing to jump in for the long haul. Like I'm talking like a decade. Yeah, but like and but you know maybe Facebook is.
0: I mean, at this point Sony has the inside track because even if they come in at four hundred or five hundred and mm-hmm. it is like eight hundred all in, I mean pe- most people don't have beastly PCs, like right. gamers do, but most people don't. They have something that they can be a work. laptop or they have a th yeah, they don't have something that does that. Yeah, so they look at the all in cost of VR in that way and they're like, Well I have to buy a fifteen hundred dollar rig mm-hmm. or a thousand dollar rig for Oculus Suddenly, that eight hundred for PlayStation VR starts to look a little more inviting. Yeah. So I, th- I mean, I think, I
2: hope Sony has an eye towards the PlayStation Five on this. Like this is this is training wheels. This is starting. You know, surely surely anyone who buys PlayStation VR will be able to carry that headset over to the Five. Yeah. The PlayStation Five. But you know, and Sony's a multimedia company. I would hope they'd have. You know, they've got a plan for their movie stuff. They got a plan for their music stuff. They got to pl- you know, there's got to be more to it. Um but i would hope that like their real eye now would be towards we have to design the playstation 5 around this experience but not force you can't connect it you know you can't do the xbox one connect thing cuz that's that was a torpedo to the to right. the hull you have to
0: make it an option you have
2: to make it an option but you also have to make it a worthy option uh, i think that's going to be done cuz sony does have a history of like trying these
1: and devices
2: and just i mean let's you know the i toy the playstation 4 camera the mm. Move, which is coming back again, is a controller for this thing. Yeah. Uh, that book thing that no one remembers, yeah. the, the, the Harry Potter author did. You know, like, yeah. like, like who remembers that? Anyone? All, like,
0: all the augmented reality yeah, stuff all they the augmented did reality with stuff. Uh, Vita and everything. And now,
2: now uh, the guy uh, uh, who's doing the HoloLens said that it might not ever come out now. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, It was, uh, it was yesterday the day before. He said like, he said, "Like, yeah, like, there's like a technology thing, and it's, and there was a whole thing in Time Magazine, an article about like when they demoed it uh, earlier. It might have been like E3 or something. And like the guy asks the Time reporter, like, how much do you think this would cost after having demoed it? Yeah. And he's like, like 250. And the guy goes, y- You know, there's a computer in this thing, right? Yeah. And he's like, 350. Yeah. With, with the thing and he and the, and the guy just thanked him for his honesty and sent him on his way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, this thing's, way, you know." <laughs> It might yeah. just be too early for this stuff it's, yeah. it's exciting and it's cool And everybody you know that sees it and experiences it Loves it and wants it But do they $1,000 want it? Do they $500 want it?
0: Yeah, I mean it's looking more and more like <laughs> Sony has the inside track right. on success for VR I don't know that it will Sony's be Sony's way to
2: play the long game I think Sony is
0: in the best position right now Yeah So, people it, No vibe for me <laughs> It really sucks, man I'm gonna but you beg still, like, bow
2: for one, maybe. Oculus, though, are you still gonna do it?
0: I don't even know, man. Like, I feel like I ha- if there's this other superior experience out there, it's so hard. Cause here's the thing: like, I probably need a new video card for Oculus as well. Like, if Oculus put out a tool that like looked at your computer yeah. and probably, I mean, I have a GTX 980. Like,
2: that's- there's, a, there's there was something. I mean. What did I run? I ran like the 3D Mark test earlier for like, and, that, and that's the the benchmark for that. That was related to Oculus. They were like, you have to be over nine thousand to be Oculus ready. Yeah. And that seemed like the, uh, the the requirements for that were much lower than what the Vive is. Actually oh, concerned.
0: Oculus is lower. There's no doubt about it. But I still think it would be like my rig would be marginal. Mm-hmm. Like I probably could upgrade to a three hundred dollar card instead of a five hundred dollar card. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but it's really discouraging. Like, I'm, I've been excited about virtual reality my whole life, and now I feel like Ooh. the door is kind of being closed in my face when it's finally here. Like, I've, Look, I've tried them all. I know what PlayStation VR is about, and it mm. is undoubtedly the cut-rate version of all of them. So, but ultimately, that may end up being where I have to go. The Atari go.
2: 2600 was the best seller. It was, you're right.
0: Yeah. Pac, saying. Pac, Pac's been mentioning that all week, too, because people have been hitting him up for quotes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he's saying like the cheapest one like usually wins. He's like, there's a reason McDonald's sells. Yeah, the most powerful. A system, billion hamburgers a year And yeah. you know expensive hamburger stands. The powerful system doesn't
2: generally win win the generation, especially in consoles. Yeah. Like PlayStation One, not the most powerful. PlayStation Two, not the most powerful. We. Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. We, not the most powerful at all. Yeah. In fact, this might be the first gen in a very long time.
0: Because it always comes down to the games. Like, yeah. None of these things have any games, so. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Sony probably has the best software lineup right now of all three. Like, at least it's marketed. because well, they have one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, And sure, a lot, you know, it may
2: not be able to run, you know, maybe we won't get No Man's Sky in VR because the system can't run it yeah. like in VR. But at least, like, we've seen, you know, a lineup and some ideas... And, you know, of all the games, you know, I liked Eve Valkyrie when I played it, but I, I, I got to say, of all the, the VR games that are kind of concretely announced right now, um, I think Ace Combat might be the one I'd most yeah. prefer to play, because <laughs> it's a known quantity, I've played them before, I like them, and it's going to work really well as a VR game.
0: I, I would love, you know, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Oculus has not put out a press release saying we had X number of pre-orders. Mm-hmm. That's a little concerning.
2: Well, we, they sold out their first wave, but like that first wave they was wouldn't also. They wouldn't say how big, say how big it was. Right. That first wave also includes, you know, several thousand backers that were right. guaranteed their free unit. Yeah. Like, man, should have jumped in on that. Three hundred bucks. I you know, know. That turned out to be a big deal. Yeah. I,
0: I almost got it too, man. Like I was right. I, on I, the I, I came line. close.
2: I'm just like three. It'll be cheaper than that when it comes I out. Know. I mean, come on. And especially because there was no like guarantee you were going to get a retail version or anything. I remember like especially dedicated. the
0: day when they. It was, like, the last day to get, like, the DK2. And uh, I was like, man, it's decision time. If not, I'm going to have to wait until the mm-hmm. retail comes out. I wasn't even really thinking about, like, what the benefits would be of it. I was just like, I don't want to wait mm-hmm. to have VR. And I didn't. I bailed on it, and now I regret it because you could have got something for that was $600 for $350 yeah, and but... played VR the whole damn time. Imagine if they had said that at the get-go. Like, if you buy this... We'll give you the final retail unit for free. Imagine how many of those DK kits they would have sold.
2: Yeah. Well I, I think there's a good reason they didn't say that. Yeah, of course. But they took care they took care of their early adopters. They did, yeah. I, mean, I got to hand it to them. Yeah. But well, look, they have more money than God. It's True. Facebook. True. I that man, that photo of Zuckerberg walking down the yeah, aisle with all those guys in VR. <laughs> and that one dude who's just like with yeah. that like, huge frown on his face it was like, what's he seeing? What does he see? <laughs> My favorite, I posted that on Sifted. Uh, in the in I the saw it. It was like, hilarious. And, some, and somebody responds like he's frowning because he has to come out someday. I'm just like, ah, that's <laughs> a good. Sp- I like that. I like that spin. I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: in,
0: I'm, I'm gonna go with that explanation. All right, so it's time to move on. I think it's pretty clear you're not buying one. You, we've known that for weeks no. about you. You weren't interested in buying any of these, and I, I cannot buy the vibe. I am in Overwatch mode. <laughs> I, honestly, am, I am waiting and seeing. Honestly, I think even if my wife gave me the okay to buy vibe, I just don't think I could do it in good conscience.
2: Well, because you're a gamer. Yeah. you got to see the games first. I just
0: also feel like spending that much money for something that isn't necessarily finished, it sends a bad message. It's like Mm -hmm. people say, you always vote with your money, with how you spend your money. And I feel like throwing $800 towards that thing would be sending a, a bad message. Also, if the thing tanks and it's I can get it for $400 in yeah. like two months.
2: Maybe it's just because we're old, but it's just like, I feel like we know at this point, like you don't spend that much, that kind of money on potential. Yeah, you it's spend, risk. It's you a spend risk. it for the thing you want. Unless
0: you're dirty rich. And well, yeah.
2: In that case, you just buy whatever hell you want. So Even then. <laughs> yeah, it's dicey. Know? Yeah, you're right. You don't get to be that rich by being stupid. You're
0: right. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next topic. Nintendo nx mm. more stuff coming out every day it seems like more rumors this week that it's coming out this year hurry up e 3 hurry up and get here and, z- and not more rumors i gotta Zel- see this thing zelda q4 for both systems i mean there's every some
2: development i should have put that in my fantasy draft yeah nx coming out in yeah. <laughs> q4 with zelda <laughs> So, I'll say if if the NX doesn't come out this year, I say you don't see Zelda this year. I think they're that your Twilight Princess is They can't the do that. They can't do that. You would think
0: it has to come out. You're just saying that because I have Zelda on my fantasy team. <laughs> no, I'm saying
2: it because I think that's the absolute truth. I think it's if Zelda comes out this year, the NX comes
0: out this year. I I disagree with that. But so we're not actually talking about Zelda. What we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about Roundabout whether it's coming out this year or not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we got a pretty good clue this week that it's not. So, one of the developers behind Ori and the Blind Forest, which is a game we both love gorgeous game, uh, you're seeing it right now, an Xbox One game Xbox One and PC, the developer basically went on NeoGap and posted a big diatribe about how his studio has been trying to contact Nintendo to get development kits for NX, and not only did Nintendo deny them a development kit, it never even bothered to respond to the developer about Hmm. whether they were getting them or not and so it's not like these guys are unknowns exactly and uh so the developer went on Neogaf and just blew off (laughs) steam and was basically like you know you can't operate this way in this day and age in the modern industry especially
2: because this is why you're in trouble
0: well here's well i would say that's part of the reasons why they're in trouble because they have no third-party support Mm -hmm. but here's the thing so nintendo has always done it this way which probably wrong and the wrong way to go about it particularly like he said in today's day and age like you can't really operate that way so just saying nintendo's always done it that way that's an excuse that i hate for anything when people say that's the way it's always been like i hate when people say that like that just means like you're, you're satisfied with what you've got and you're not you're you are not you you do not you're not demanding progress or progression so Nintendo's always done it this way. It goes out and it has meetings with the partners it wants to partner with, EA. There was rumors swirling this week that Nintendo was meeting with EA. Of course it is. It's mm-hmm. meeting with every major third-party publisher right now. Breaking news, Sifted Exclusive, <laughs> Nintendo's meeting with Capcom, Nintendo's hmm. meeting with Namco, Ninten- it is meeting with everybody right now. Probably trying- not Konami. <laughs> I mean, why bother? They have yeah. no games.
2: <laughs> We have a Pachinko collection on NX.
0: So Newsflash, Nintendo is meeting with publishers right now trying to get them to make NX games. No shit, Sherlock. That's not a story. So it's always done it this way. It goes out to the major publishers. It tries to get them on for launch. It usually succeeds. Mm -hmm. It gets them on for launch, and then nobody buys the games, and then the third-party publishers go away. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. So here's what happens. All those games come out, And then there's nothing. Like, with the Wii U. 21, 22 games at launch. And then after launch, it was just flatline. Because the third-party publishers, all their games didn't sell at launch because, in all honesty, all the games were games that were already available for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. So you're basically counting on anybody who buys a Wii U doesn't own these other consoles, which is foolish. Sure, there's Nintendo fans out there who maybe only owned a Wii, but there aren't that many. So the games don't sell because they were rehashes of games that people had already played with. Gamepad functionality added to them. So nobody buys them. Publishers bail. Ubisoft, in fact, was so bold as to say, we have another game done for Wii U that we're not going to release because we don't feel like anyone will buy it. So The problem is, once that happens, there's nothing there to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And that's why they need developers like the developer behind the excellent Ori and the Blind Forest to be there creating games to fill in those holes and gaps. And that, to me, is where Nintendo is being very short-sighted with this. It's also really discouraging, yeah. because it shows that it hasn't learned like any lessons. Even with the new CEO, it's, it's, it's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and expecting a, a different result. It, it's the definition of Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, it also shows to me that the, the system's probably not coming out this this year. If you don't have enough dev kits to send to a developer like that, which, look, they're an indie developer, but top-shelf indie developer, yeah. has created amazing games, could make an amazing game for your system, and you don't have kits for those people, it just shows me that the, the system is still really early if they're not mass-producing the dev kits yet. So it leads me to believe that it's not coming out this year at all. But I, I do not agree with you that that also means that Zelda is not coming out this year. I think they, if, when worse comes to worst, they will release it. It is the possible Wii. they
2: want you to buy Zelda twice, but um, well, they're doing it I with Twilight know. Princess right now. True, but that's at least several years apart. Um, I don't know. I I think you may be giving Nintendo a little too much credit on this one. I what think, do you mean? I think they may have a limited number of dev kits. I think they may be handing them out to their third-party people that they that they are after. Uh, I think they want you know ports of of current. Upcoming games that will be alongside the other systems. So if you buy an NX, you don't feel like you're missing out by, you know, moving there instead of not having a PlayStation or whatever. So, like, I mean, I, Mass Effect Andromeda keeps coming in my head, but that's not coming out this year, so it's not a good example. But, like, you know, going to Activision. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, Activ- going to Activision and saying I want you know we want our, this year's Call of Duty on the NX. Can you do it with this hardware? Can you? you know, we want this year's um, not Assassin's Creed, but whatever ta- is taking Assassin's Creed's launch place. You know, launch Watch day Dogs, place. probably Watch Dogs too. Yeah, so I think they're going to them and saying, can can you give us ports by this time this year? And they're either saying like yeah sure or no because I think it's going to be a more standard architecture that doesn't require them to like kind of come up because like. There was a story um, that Ubisoft uh, ex Ubisoft employer posted kind of his whole history, and he told the story of how like he and this little team were handed the uh, the Wii U dev kit and said like make Assassin's Creed Three work on it. And they didn't know if they could, but they got it done. They got all these you know the gamepad functioning. Basically, it was like they had to make their own, a special version of the game for that. That's I don't think that's been the,
0: their problem with yeah. Nintendo for the last ten years. I
2: hope, and I'm hoping that the NX is not going to be that. It's just going to be a more, more than ten system. years. So uh, it doesn't convince me that they are, you know, that they're not. Com- it's not coming out this year. It it just convinces me that like they're probably making the same mistakes again.
0: How can they
2: though? <laughs> I don't know, but according to the Ori and the Blind Forest guy, they just did. Yeah, because why wouldn't you want that team on your team? Yeah. Not to team on your team or whatever. Especially a But like that's like I mean it's not like it's like these fly by night dudes showing up and be like hey we want to be part of Nintendo. These guys won Dice awards. Yeah. These guys are like known. Like I mean Ori and the Blind Forest it is They won like, awards yeah. at the game
0: game awards. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's like it's like it's not like these are f- some fly by night weirdos who want to like oh I want to put binding, you know, any binding of Isaac would even be welcome on that. I mean that's it is on on Nintendo systems. But it's like it's it's not like some you know out of nowhere thing. It's like the you know some of the most talented indie devs who made this really good game want to do something for you. Maybe something new. Maybe not right. just an ore port. They want to do a new game on Nintendo's new hardware. Like why wouldn't
0: you talk to these people? Yeah. Here's the thing. Nintendo is walled off like in its own world. Like they're the only so. You know, when you work in the industry, you meet PR people who work in-house for Sony, Mm -hmm. Microsoft, Nintendo. When you meet Nintendo reps who actually work, like, in the development part of the company and aren't, like, PR or marketing, Mm -hmm. they're the only publisher where, when I meet those people, I ask them if they play games for other systems. Hmm. Like, you talk to someone at Microsoft, it's it's a no-brainer. Sure, they play PlayStation games and they play Nintendo games, but... for some reason, when you meet people from Nintendo, it's not, like, a given that they would... It's it's almost like you think, like, if they were to go on Twitter and tweet, like, really, really loving Black Ops 3 on PlayStation 4, that, like, when they went to work the next day, like, somebody might give them, like, a talking to. Like, hmm. that's kind of the atmosphere at Nintendo. I mean, it, it you know, it goes back to that, that whole thing where the, the one guy that worked at the Treehouse, like, went on that podcast and said a couple things that weren't even really all that bad and still got fired from Nintendo. It's like, they have a reputation in the industry, and they've earned it. It's not just like people have fabricated it out of nowhere. They live in this weird, like, boxed off from everybody else. Something of a treehouse, one might yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, <laughs> they're they aloof, I guess is the best way to put it. And they don't always look at what everyone else is doing. And look, in some ways that's good because it, it causes them to innovate and think about things differently. But there's just certain, like staples of how the industry works where you have to play ball if you want to be successful and one of those is getting your dev kits out really early to developers so they can make games for your hardware like that's why i don't think it's coming out this year i think nintendo is going to do that i think it is going to get it i think it's figured it out i think it knows like its biggest detriment was that there wasn't enough software for wii u regardless of how successful or unsuccessful the gamepad was the biggest problem was no third-party support and no content for the platform and Nintendo is not stupid I mean it does things its own way sometimes it makes sense sometimes it doesn't but it it, it's not so dumb that it won't look around the industry and see how things work and realize where their system is a detriment to the success of its products so I think the guy jumping the gun I think he's hearing all these rumors. And if he's on NeoGAF, he's seeing the rumors every day. Because those NeoGAF. Some of the Nintendo fanboys on NeoGAF are hardcore. Oh, yeah. And it will latch on to any little bit of anything to start a thread or post in a thread. And so if you're living on NeoGAF and you're seeing this every day and you're you're spending a lot of time on them, I can see living where... Living
2: on NeoGAF would be a great reality
1: show. <laughs> it would be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can see where a developer, if he spent a lot of time on there, might be like oh my god, like, the train is passing us by, like, there's all these leaks coming out, which half of them probably aren't even true, but he's seeing this stuff coming out, he's like, why aren't we involved in this, why don't I know anything about the NX? And I'm a developer, and it goes back to what Pactor said in Pactor Factor, like, a month or two ago, he talks to developers and publishers, and none of them had dev kits, so... I just refuse to believe that Nintendo would be so dumb to repeat the same mistakes again. I think it won't. I think when it has dev kits, it will get them out to these people. I don't think it's going to be an exclusive thing at all. I think it knows what it needs to do. What's holding it back is announcing the system. Because it's so paranoid about people leaking information about it. Like, look, no one's going to copy your ideas Nintendo. If they do, they're going to wait till next generation and copy it like Sony tried to do with Move and it failed miserably. Like. I think we've we've pretty much shown
2: that like copying Nintendo doesn't work out for anyone really even Nintendo sometimes. Yeah. Um, and at this point no one's in any position to do it. Like they you know like Sony's committed to how they're doing the PS4, Microsoft's committed to how they're doing the Xbox 1. Like no one's going to pivot just to like <laughs> whatever idea you have is probably not good enough to warrant a complete corporate Changeover or overhaul. Like, you know, yeah. it's like I feel like you're I just oh do, we just have get out there and do it.
0: Oh, we've invested two billion dollars in R and D for the PlayStation Five. Well, let's just trash all that money we spent because Nintendo's doing this thing that now we need to pivot and do. Right. Like it's not going to happen. No, like, you're not
2: going to suddenly convince Sony. It's like oh, the PlayStation Five should include the Vita 2. Yeah, and look, <laughs> you know, if your
0: idea is so easy to replicate that it doesn't cost that much money, then it's probably not as good as you think anyway. So. I just... I, I just And really, get... I
2: think what, what the NX should be or needs to be is a modern video game console with Nintendo games on it. Right.
0: That's yeah. it. That'd be give a me, good start.
2: Yeah. Give me the 2016 <laughs> version of the Super Nintendo.
0: Yeah. Done. It's yeah. all I want. I mean, I, I know that's all you want. I don't think that would be enough to make Nintendo a smashing success with NX, personally. But... No, but it
2: might at least help it be competitive again. Like yeah. Because like for how long have we been... T- you talk about Microsoft and Sony... Oh, and Nintendo's over here. Yeah. You know. And sometimes, well sometimes Nintendo's oh, over the Wii, era, well, Nintendo's no. over, well, the Wii yeah, but Nintendo's over here because Nintendo is off in its own fucking crazy multi-billion selling world. It, it was like, you know, yeah, the Wii is going crazy, but we have nothing to talk about cuz everybody's just playing Wii, playing carnival games. You yeah. know like meanwhile we're, it, it, it's it's kind of its own entity and sometimes that's really good for Nintendo and sometimes it's really bad. Oh, it's bad always for Nintendo. good for
0: Nintendo. It's just not always good for everybody else, which is why third parties Take off because they're like, dude, the only games people buy on your system is your games. And look, there's some other stuff that Nintendo does to kind of ensure that that happens. It pisses publishers off. And Nintendo doesn't really do like cross marketing deals with third party publishers. They don't do bundles with third party publishers. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to see like an Assassin's Creed NX bundle. At least you wouldn't unless they change their stance. There was no Assassin's Creed Wii U bundle. There was no Ninja Gaiden Razor's Edge bundle. There was no Batman. Not a bad. Right, right. Position but I'm narrative. just saying, like they don't work with third-party right. publishers the way that Sony and Microsoft do. And look, again, Pactor said it on Pactor Factor. The publishers love this. When they, even though they're getting less for each game, they're totally fine if they can get a little less and get it packed in with the system because mm-hmm. it sells. It guarantees to sell more games. You've basically, got a captive audience. You have the long tail now for revenue with DLC and things like that. So Nintendo just doesn't play ball with third-party publishers in any way, shape, or form. And it finally got to the point where it's just it's more than bit them in the ass. It's bit their ass clean off. Like, that's pretty much what's happened. And I think Nintendo was too smart to not realize that. I think it will change the way it works with the third-party publishers for the NX. It has to, or it will not succeed. I'm sure
2: there's a lot of people in Nintendo that realize that. My question remains, can those people that are smart enough to realize that convince the very conservative board of directors at Nintendo Japan that that is what they need to do?
0: The bigger question is, what's going to happen to Nintendo when that mobile money starts rolling in? Mm-hmm. Because you know, right now Nintendo's like, oh, we're just dipping our foot in the water, right? But when you're testing f- when you're out, fighting
2: like the tooth and nail battle in the console market, and all of a sudden Pokemon Go starts pouring gold pieces into your t- in your coffers, that that one that other direction is going to look
0: pretty nice. That's exactly what I'm saying, man. Like it could, you know, Nintendo mobile future. Not that far-fetched, because I believe its games on mobile are just going to annihilate any amount of money Mm -hmm. it ever made on the DS or the 3DS. Look, man, if Pokemon
2: Go is what it has the potential to be, like, that could could be a watershed moment in mobile gaming, period. For sure, yeah. Like, that could change everything. Yep. And let's not forget, Nintendo has a history of doing that. Like, stepping into 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 a pool that's already been swum in, and being like, hey, what if we did it like this, and then Boom It explodes You know they did it with the NES Yeah They did it with uh, Well they did it with the analog controller the Yeah large, I mean the Saturn it's beat it, them to yeah. the punch for analog But the, the the Nintendo 64 made it mandatory When they figured out Mario 64 Now yeah. that all worked The games still take lessons from Mario 64 to this day and The Z Zelda trigger on Zelda time, The Z yeah. trigger targeting thing Still used Still oh, yeah. used today Yeah And it will be probably for yeah. a long time So like that, you know, Pokemon Go should be the thing everybody's got their eye on. I mean, the NX is a big question mark, but I think, like, Pokemon Go, if that, you know, because, like, that kind of out there, get out there and do the real Pokemon thing with, like, you know, with, with the, the augmented augmented reality stuff, like, that could be huge. It could be huge and addictive on, on the level the original Pokemon was.
0: Yep, not only do I not think that NX is coming this year, I also think it would be a monumental mistake to release NX this year. I think you're probably right, but I still think it's coming this year. Wow. Well we shall see. It's time to move on to the next topic of the big six. So this is a fun one. Unless you're a game that we pick. So Yeah. <laughs> so Fail Cast twenty sixteen. <laughs> Basically we're trying to forecast games that we think are going to do really poor sales wise. Not with the critics, but Yeah, not that they'll be bad games. Yeah. Which is- Prominent games, basically, that we feel like may not get a fair shake, or even if they do, they ultimately do not do well at retail. Matt, we're both going to pick two games apiece. Mm -hmm. Matt, what is your first pick? Uh,
2: My first pick, which dovetails nicely in what we're just about, is Star Fox Zero. Um, I played Star Fox at E3 last year, and I really liked it. I I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm a fan of that series, and I... uh, it's one of the games that has pushed me to get pushed me to get a Wii U, which I did uh, on Black Friday for the right price. I,
0: by the way, I'm really surprised to hear you say that you really liked it. I did, because um, I like flying
2: stuff and I like the extra aiming thing. I, I'm not saying I loved it. I'm just saying like, oh, it's cool. Star Fox. Star Fox is bad. I like Star Fox. I don't. I, I don't, do too,
0: but I didn't like that aiming with the gamepad thing at all.
2: I kind of did. I don't, I don't. I don't blame people that didn't, but I was like, oh, this. Is kind I mean, of it is works. Kind of it works. It's fine. Um, but I don't think it's going to sell. I think, you know, I've already seen, to, even, like, the diehard so, fans... they're
0: so desperate for software on Wii U.
2: Yeah, no, but I don't, think, I don't think it matters. Like, I've seen too many people who are, like, diehard Nintendo fans even say, like, oh, I don't like the, like, you know, they don't think it looks good, it looks too much of a rehash, or, like, I don't want to aim with a thing. Assuming they even do that, because it sounds like they might have re-revamped this thing from the ground up a little bit with the delay... Um and I think a lot of people have just sort of moved on from the Wii U in general. I don't think there's enough people left to make it a big hit. Star Fox has also always always kind of sold low for a Nintendo main franchise and frankly I think this is going to be, you know. Yeah, I think
0: Star Fox 64 sold a couple million copies.
2: Cause there was nothing else like it at the time, but like, oh, you know, yeah. they haven't given us any you know, Star Fox Adventures wasn't, you know, really the same thing, but like, you it's know, not even close. it's been relegated to like, you know, DS games and you know, well, then Namco the...
0: made one. It was called Star Fox Assault, yeah. which was like a sh- like a like a strategy foot third person thing. shooter yeah. where you had like a rocket launcher on your shoulder. Like, yeah well, what here's was the, the problem: like Nintendo will not make these games itself. Like, yeah. why does it keep farming out this series to everybody else? Why doesn't well, it make it own Metroid. first party did, game? Did, you know, the
2: Metroid got farmed out to Team Ninja. It's like. I think this is going to be the same thing as with like something like Other M where it's just like it's not going to perform to expectations and they're going to kick the series back in the vault and we'll see it referenced periodically by like Animal Crossing and Smash Brothers and that'll be that for years and years and
0: years. Why, here, why does this game look so bad? I mean, I don't know. Platinum made Bayonetta 2 on the Wii U that looks amazing. Why does this game look so crap? I mean, the environments are just barren and yet the ships and everything are made out of like eight polygons and obviously I'm exaggerating but where's all the processing power going for this game, man? Uh, I don't well, get it. It,
2: well, in part it's an art style choice and I think part of it is they're they're being held back by the original star fox look like it's like why do you, why don't they just like redesign the r-wings. the r-wings i mean look they made look the like r because... when they really
0: could use eight polygons yeah to build exactly the
2: <laughs> like all the stuff in this game is was designed when it really was that low poly on the super yeah. nintendo like it's you know why not revamp it into something like recognizable but like more modern looking and they just don't do it i think you know continually the lesson of the wii u with you know that they're going to t- i mean right or wrong i think they're going to take the lesson they're going to take from the wii u lot of these things is like their old franchises done the way they've always been done don't quite work they don't work the way they wanted them to work uh, whereas the new stuff like splatoon or mario maker blow up and like that's yeah. their that's what they're going to focus on is like new ip and new ways to use the old ip i think they their you know, their days after star fox 0 their days of Farming out their old beat at least b tier IP out to like other developers to make like oh make like what everybody loves, but you know a new one yeah. and like I think they're just done with that after this
0: now when you say fail, that's relatively speaking, where are you saying sales are gonna come in for this game? I don't really know like I don't know what a what like a... a failure for a first party Nintendo game would be like less than a million I think it'll sell less than a million, really yeah I think it'll sell more than a million you think yeah. I, think I just things... think people are so desperate to have something to play on their Wii U.
2: I think most of the people that are desperate to have something to play on their Wii U have moved on somewhere else at this point. I don't, and and, I, don't be want... and I don't think they want the dedication of Nintendo. Yeah, I don't think they want this either. Yeah. Like, look at what, how you're reacting yeah. to this thing. Like, I don't yeah. think it looks that bad personally, but like, just because like my expectations are kind of low, I guess for a Star Fox game. But like, I, I've seen tons. Even like die-hard Nintendo fans I know look at that and they're just like, oh, it looks like crap. I don't want. Why would I want to play that? It looks terrible. And it's like. Well, like, if you're even not selling it to the, you know, these are people that, like, you know, you know w- were on all the right trains, you know, they, when I was skeptical about Splatoon, they were like, no, it's going to be awesome, and, like, it's going to be a huge hit, it's going to be amazing, I'm like, I don't know, and, like, they were right, it was a huge hit, it's probably one of their biggest new IPs since Pokemon, not Pokemon, since uh, Pikmin, yeah, um, you know, Mario make. I don't know if I really want to play Mario levels that other people make who's any good. I'm like, no, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be like, it's going to revolutionize Mario. It's gonna, and they were right. There you go. But those same people are looking at this and being like, this is, this is just shovelware. This yeah. is Starfuck shovelware. And I don't know if I agree with them on that because I pl- liked what I played of it. But I feel like I'm in the minority on that. I don't think it's going to sell
0: very well. This it looks like a B tier game, which is something that we don't really see anymore. Like the B tier has kind of disappeared mm-hmm. over the last like five to seven years. Although, if you're really honest, that's what Star Fox is. Always has been. It's been B tier for Nintendo, but not yeah. B tier overall. I'm talking about like overall. Like this but it, looks it's like a some game that was game. made by some random Japanese developer like twelve years ago. Like it's a little barren. It's really barren. Look at it. Like there's just a bitmap back there too. I mean I don't know, man. I agree with you, it's not gonna sell up to typical Nintendo standards, but I do think it will sell a million copies. Well, mention. I hope you're right,
2: because that might be the only thing to prevent Star Fox from being thrown in the in the bin for, Forever. for another generation. At Forever.
0: Least. Yeah, you're right. And it, look, they haven't had a hit with Star Fox since Star Fox sixty four. Yeah. So it's been like wow. I think
2: I think I really think this is Star Fox's last shot. Like it's been like 20 can, years yeah.
0: since they had a hit with Star Fox. Yeah. So that's I think crazy. It's,
2: so I think it's time, you know, if this thing doesn't sell, you're going to see Star Fox and Smash Brothers, And that's pretty
0: much it. Yeah. All right, it's time for my first pick. Hang on to that amiibo, kids. My pick for Fail Cast 2016, my first pick is Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Mm. First game didn't sell well. This game's been delayed just looking at, like, how it tracks on Sifted as far as the interest from our users. Um, it seems like it's all but evaporated already, like, the interest mm-hmm. in the game. Um, they haven't put out a ton of media for it, but the last thing that came out did not do really well on the site. Um, I think maybe some of that might be people are just like, just give it to me already. It could be. I mean, look, it has a built-in audience. Like, again, I don't think it's going to tank, like, sell 100,000 copies mm-hmm. tank, but when you're talking about EA selling, like, a million co- A million copies of this game is not worth the investment that they've put into it and the investment they're going to put into marketing it and all that type of stuff so i'm excited for the game i can't wait to play it i was a real big fan of the first one i just think it's a niche style game i think it has a niche look to it um they weren't able to convince people to buy it last time and the game was pretty well executed the first time around I was honestly shocked to hear that EA was making a sequel to this game, based upon how the first one did. I appreciate it very much. I feel like it's EA kind of throwing a bone to the fans of the game and the people who are and people who are fans of just more interesting games in general. Kind of like what they did with Unravel as well. I kind of like the new direction EA is going here with not just making sure that they're selling like crazy mm-hmm. Star Wars Battlefront with every release. So, they always kind
2: of go through they go through a phase like that every once in a while. I think the first Mirror's Edge was kind of a product of that. Too. Yeah.
0: Well, they were putting out a lot more games back yeah. then, too. I mean, they had a couple games that were, like, misses, like Dante's Inferno and things like mm. that around that same era, so... <laughs> oh, man, I always forget they're the ones who made that. Yeah.
2: Well, they <laughs> polished it. Did they develop it? They I can't remember. They published I don't remember who who actually developed that. But that was, like, that and this and uh, Dead Space, which turned out well for them, and... So, well, the first
0: couple. Yeah. Anyway, before they drove that series into the ground as well, so... Uh, again I think I'm going to really like this game I think it's probably going to end up being a good game But mm. I think the reviews for it I think this game could get like 9.5 aggregate And I still feel like it would Be lucky to sell more than a million copies And so... I can't
2: really pin down why that is But I feel like I, I agree Because I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it I love the first Mirror's Edge um, I even like the, the iOS game um, But like Because I just like that world but, uh, yeah, I feel like this is, I feel like this game's going to get ignored by the mainstream public.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is if it came out, like, now, which I think is when it was originally supposed to come out, I feel like it would have had a better chance. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, releases... Want, there's, like, two big ones a month right now. And so if you're the third big one in a month right now, you probably aren't going to get overshadowed. But the farther you go into the year,
1: yeah. the
0: more competition you have. And uh, putting this game... And here's the problem. It's, like, putting this game up against, like... Any first-person shooter. Like, a lot of people are going to go with the first-person shooter instead of the the quote-unquote weird stylized parkour game. So, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it does really well. I hope it sells 10 million copies and we get another one, but I have a feeling that that's not going to be the case, and this will probably be the last Mirror's Edge we ever uh, get a chance to play unless somewhere down the line, some little indie developer Uh gets a license from EA for a discount. And uh, EA doesn't seem to do that much. Nope. Otherwise, (laughs) we probably would have seen a new Starflight by now. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So that's my first pick. Matt, time for your second pick. My second pick is another game that I think I'm going
2: to like, but I don't think is going to sell well. uh, Mafia Three. Yeah. You on your uh, your
0: fantasy team?
2: Yes. I think it's going to review well. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be completely overlooked. Why? I just. Like on on the strength of, rem- of remembering how they marketed the last two, uh, which is not uh, really uh, you know outside of the usual in industry sort of game enthusiast channels, um, but I feel this like- 2k though I mean, it is 2k, but it's like 2k has stepped up
0: as a marketing game man.
2: They have, but I just don't know what you can do in a commercial for this thing that's gonna like sell it beyond it's, like, oh, it's another crime game. You know, I'm excited because the Mafia games are always a little deeper than that. They're a little better told than that. And there's some care and some love in those games. Especially especially Mafia 2, even though they didn't do anything with the open world. That open world was really well realized. Really compelling,
1: yeah. Yeah, even if
2: it was just the thing you drove through to get to the next, you know, checkpoint. But, like, like I feel like people are going to see this thing and just be like, oh, it's just, it's like, you know... A wannabe LA noir or something like that. You know, I, I I don't know if it's gonna. I just don't see how you make this resonate with, you know, the people that make something a a, a five million seller.
0: Two ks are great at marketing though, man. They like, are,
2: but I don't know. It just it mafia. Can,
0: they can sell snow cones to an Eskimo, like.
2: Yeah, but it's mafia. It's also mafia three, and people are like, oh, I didn't play the other two, so you know, there's that kind of weird thing to it. I just don't. I feel like this one's just gonna slide under the radar and.
0: Maybe for me, it's that my expectations are pretty low for it already. Like, I don't think the other Mafia sold that well. No. I think they did a million, two million when it was all Mm -hmm. said and done, like, worldwide. Um, So maybe my expectations are too low to be disappointed by uh, the sales of this game. But I would guess it's probably going to do around the same. Probably a million, two million sales when it's all said and done.
2: Maybe, but I I can see it being less than that. You're
0: right, though, because that's not a given. Because you look at Just Cause 3. Mm Mm-hmm look at Street Fighter V. Yeah, in Japan, did you see that? Yeah. It only sold like 40,000 copies in the first
2: week. Yes. I mean, to be fair, they're, no, they're not counting digital right? That. So yeah. I think a lot of people, I bought it
0: digital, yeah. a lot of
2: people are buying this, you know, something that has to be online all the time. Why something not? Something that's all multiplayer. Yeah. Why not just buy the digital one, not have to put the disc in when you decide to play a couple rounds, right? Yeah. So I think, like, but still, that's a massive shift from, like, physical to, to digital yeah. for a game that's been, you know, traditionally a much stronger seller. And so, I don't, you know, again, I don't think it's impossible, especially this year where, like, so many strong games are coming out. People got to make decisions. Yeah, they do. And, and, you know, people clearly... Well, then you the...
0: toss VR into the whole thing. And yeah. if people who are trying to get VR, like, if they buy, if someone buys a VR helmet, their chances of buying five games in a year is drastically yeah. reduced. And the games that suffer, it's not Uncharted for that suffer. Or more. Remember, if you buy the Oculus, that's ten games. I know. And look, it's not games like Uncharted that lose the sales. No. And it's not games like Zelda Wii U that lose the sales. It's that game sales. you're
2: interested in, but you can live without if you have to, like Just Cause 3 or Mafia 3.
0: Or... Just Cause 3 must have tanked hard, dude. I don't think I ever saw it in the top 10 of the month no. for MPD. It then... never cracked the top 10. And it was that game was advertised to hell and back. Yep, and Mad Max, that's another one. Yeah. I mean, again, those are comparable games they're open world games maybe a little bit of a niche mm-hmm. kind and of mad, interest made by the
2: same company actually but and even you know mad max even was writing the, the you know the coattails of, of the uh, film yeah one of the best action movies of the century yeah for real
0: nothing yeah it did not do well so i could see that i could Should see the made furiosa a playable character folks yeah well i mean the main character in the game doesn't isn't even the main character from the movie though right i mean, mad it, max? Yeah it's connected roughly somehow. Looks but it's like, like him. But as much
2: as any of the, oh no it's not actually tom hardy right. it doesn't look like tom hardy right
0: know. so why would they bring in you just well, mean it, the character yeah
2: gotcha. but i mean you know it is supposed to be like the main bad guy is supposed to be the other son of Immortan joe from uh, the movie and like there's the war boys are in there and the the buzzards with the spiky right, right. it's it's clearly the same universe, universe yeah but it's you know and i think i think at one point you run into the like the little girl that he has the flashbacks of in the movie, but that's not very well explained. Right. So it was there, I mean, it was there if you wanted to play Mad Max, if you saw Mad Max. No one cared. uh, No one cared. Yeah. So, I did. I cared. I I, I think
0: I'd agree with you on Mafia. I think I, I still think it'll end up doing a million or two when it's all said and done, but... I hope so. I, I like but that But by series. 2K standards, that's a monumental failure, by the way. Yeah, like, 2K,
2: 2K. 2K doesn't make a game hoping for a million. Yeah,
0: it doesn't work that way. Any game. Because it also doesn't put out a ton of games, so when no. it does, it needs to make sure that they sell, so...
2: And I would think that this... Pl- you know, If you're going to make a third Mafia game after this amount of time, I mean, it's been, like, what, five years? Yeah. Uh, almost six years uh, since Mafia 2 came out? I think you're, you know, this is their play to kind of turn this into a bigger thing. Yeah. You know, they want to, they want to parlay this into a, you know, not a million, two million seller. They want a five, six million seller out of this thing, and I just don't think they're going to get it.
0: I think I would agree with that. My final pick. is... Which I was going to pick, but I figured you'd already picked it. Yeah. Is uh, Homefront: The Revolution. Yeah. Maybe this isn't a fair pick. Because it's not very uh, maybe nice. the expectations. <laughs> maybe the expectations aren't that great for this but look the but first- why would
2: you make it then
0: right the first game sold crazy well though that's the thing which yeah. is why i included it because the first game was like probably one of the bigger surprising successes of the entire last generation that was a marketing campaign that should be studied because it, the game re- did the not only review reason. well. Yeah, it did not review well at all. And they played on. We've talked about it on the show before the whole patriotism angle. Like mm-hmm. they're invading America, and we've got to drive them off of our land. Blah blah blah. Well, here's the thing. Like that gimmick doesn't really hold weight anymore. And this game is going to have to survive on its quality and being unique in some way. And it's just not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, there's really nothing unique about this game. Like. All the the yeah. betas that have happened. Even
2: that. Even the, the, the looking at the weapon. Even that's from Deus Ex. Yeah. <laughs> There's right. nothing there.
0: How many people are going to look at this game and be like, you know what? I'm going to put off buying the new Call of Duty for this. No. Or I'm going to put off buying the new Battlefield for this if it comes out this year. Which is looking increasingly like it's yeah. not.
2: And it's also like, wait, isn't this like May? Something. Yeah. So it's, so it's right next
0: to Doom. Yep. It's just going to get swallowed up. Um, it, it sucks for Deep Silver, too, because it, it needs this game to do well. It's not. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I Deep can Silver only... lost Dead Island 2. That's yeah. in flux. And, like, it doesn't really have anything for this whole, like, half of the year. I can only assume that, like... Like, how, why do you make this game? I mean, like... look at this game. If I showed you this footage of this game and took away the HUD and said, Tell me what this game is... You would never be. Able to well, I would say it's uh, what the
2: game was. It's black and white. The game, because right? there's no color here. What...
0: I mean, it could just be one of dozens of first-person shooters. Anything. There's yeah. no
2: hook. It reminds me of those, like. I mean, the hook you... used to be we're fighting on American soil. Right, but but this doesn't look like anything. It's like it reminds me of you remember like back in like the early and mid 2000s, like the PC on the PC, they used to get like this flood of like. Eastern European developed like shooters yeah. that just like yeah, came out of nowhere and then vanished, yeah, and usually yeah. they were published by like uh, a, uh, Encore. That,
0: the beer, t- well. the B level games yeah. I was talking about earlier. Yeah, and some of them were
2: C level. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> but like. But, like, that's what it reminded, this game reminds me of, like, yeah. those games where it's just like, oh, that's funny, like, maybe we'll get a free copy and, like, I'll play it when we review it for, like, you know, and give it, like, a three out of five, like, right. that's what the, that's what these, this reminds me of.
0: Well, the first game ended up right around, I think its aggregate it ended up being, like, a 4.7 or something mm-hmm. like that, so I think the it campaign, wasn't the campaign was, like, three hours long and the multiplayer was okay, but. Yeah. It was part of that kind
2: of, like, period of, like, oh, a lot of, like, shooters that, like, had, there was a really good concept, but they it was because I think I think of this I think of uh turning point fall of liberty the the Nazis, I really invading, dug one up Nazis there, man. invading I think of uh, darkest days which was the time traveling shooter where you like you went to like civil war yeah. and at one point uh, uh, our our friend Abby uh, Abby Heppy, found she found a rock that killed you if you stepped on it yeah like it was that and then there was um legendary which was like legendary creatures invade new york city and it's like all these like like that's a good idea there's a good game in there in all those ideas but they weren't the games they made
0: here's the only unique thing that i've seen in this game so far is riding a motorcycle through like a house (laughs) (laughs) beginning of it like he jumped out of a house yeah i bet you'll do something cooler than that at uncharted i'm (laughs) betting that you do yes very much so so that's my final pick for uh, Failcast 2016. Ooh. Maybe we'll check in on uh, our predictions and our prognostications later on in the year and catch up on it. Uh, that'd be something good for like our last. Yeah, episode a lot of these of are early in the
2: early year stuff, so maybe we can do a second half
1: of the year.
0: No, that's true. Failcast or maybe we can well. pick like a Q4 Failcast. Yeah. That might regenerate some interest in it. But yeah, so those are our picks for games that we think are not going to sell as well as expected in 2016. It's time to move on to the next topic. Kojima. Mm. We haven't talked about Kojima enough on this show, Matt. I think we need no. to talk to, about him even more.
2: <laughs> Poor ignored Kojima. No one, no one talks about Kojima.
0: Yeah, they they talk about him a lot. In fact, they, <laughs> he just like decided to like go and visit some studios, and it was so funny to watch like all these websites like reporting on now he is at this studio in Scandinavia. Now he's at this studio outside of London. Now you know. So what? Like he's just catching up with people. He hasn't had a <laughs> chance. He's just traveling. To... You know, yeah, it's, it's like, like it's not a story. Like people are following his like Instagram account, and, like his it's Twitter like he's a account. Kardashian yeah, it really, it was like that. And so the end of his run was at Dice, where Polygon scored a great interview with him, where he talked. We talked about this a little bit last week, um, about you know a little bit about what happened with Konami, but more about his new studio and his his first new game hasn't said a whole lot about the new game um basically all he said was it's going to be edgy and sony Mm. is leaving him alone and letting him do what he wants which was something that he kind of demanded when he signed the deal with them you paid
2: for the disc but you'll only need the edge yeah yeah
0: so now that we've had like a week to kind of think about all this the purpose of this topic is for us to share what we hope that he makes and so a lot of people only know him as, oh, the guy who makes Metal Gear, but he's actually made a pretty vast variety of games throughout the years. Right now, you're looking at Boktai for the Nintendo... Taito, yeah. right! <laughs> so this game came with, like, a light sensor in the cartridge, and it's a vampire hunting game, as you can probably surmise from watching this footage. And basically, what you would have to do is when you got the, the vampires down to a certain level of health, you'd have to go out into the sunlight and hold the cart the, the system up in the air so the cartridge could pick up the sun and that is how you finally destroyed mm-hmm. the vampires.
2: And it's how you reloaded your gun. You reloaded yep. your sun gun.
0: Yeah, exactly. You had to go into the sunlight and there were a couple like light bulbs that you could use that would trick it or whatever. But yeah, you had to fill up like your yeah. solar gun. You can see that meter depleting down there. But really he real was trying to
2: get us to go outside.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> By the way, Kojima is the only person on the planet who could go to a publisher and convince them that a releasing a game like this was a good idea. Because Boktai completely tanked. The cartridges obviously cost a lot more money to produce because it had the whole light sensor technology in it. Maybe Konami wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> yeah, I mean they gave him a lot. They gave him a lot of shots. Yeah, they sure uh, did. So you remember
2: look, the remember when he was uh, pitching? Uh, actually, I guess they they talked about this in, in retrospect. But when he was pitching Metal Gear Solid Two, he his plan was he wanted the game to cost five dollars, and if you died, you had to go buy another disc. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead of his time <laughs> on the micro. Ahead of his time. I guess
0: so. I, some would call it ahead of his time. some would call it like an early bastard. But. <laughs> So he, <laughs> here's... <laughs> you early bastard. Like, I like that. <laughs> that would be a good thing for, like, sifted T-shirts, just have it say early bastard on the back. <laughs> so he built Zoe, which he, he didn't work on, like, crazy firsthand. It was, like, his concept, and he kind of had a splinter team that worked on the game, and he was kind of the, I don't know, the overlord, the director of the game. He didn't really go elbows deep yeah. in producing it himself. So they had some input on the story. Oh yeah, because it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> so he did this, he built Snatcher early in his career. Um, that was kind of a, probably his biggest departure, it was also one of those earliest games. Kind of him trying to find his footing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was him trying
2: to like move into that real kind of cinematic movie. Because let's face it, Kojima's a A frustrated filmmaker. He is,
0: and he even mentioned in the interview with Polygon that he still wants to make a film. Not only does he want to make a film still, he wants to do everything. He wants to write it, he wants to direct it, and he Mm. wants to
2: produce it. He played as like a damn fiddle.
0: More like he wants to doom it. Like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine like drama on the level of like Metal Gear Solid 4 or 5 on a film? Well, I can't imagine That's called the Resident Evil movies. (laughs) You're right. uh, Let's not.
0: Let's just not do that. Somebody, Kojima needs that good buddy in his life who comes to him and can be honest with him and and needs to tell him, stop. (laughs) I mean, everybody needs that person in their life. bro. For most people, it's like your wife or your husband. They're the person who's able to be completely, brutally honest with you and be like, hey, you're screwing this up. You're doing this wrong. And you, you can take it without getting pissed off. Like We had hoped it would be Gar- Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yeah, he needs someone in his life to be like, you are not a movie director. No. You make games that people love, and that's what you should do. And, by the way, you should probably let somebody else direct the cinemas in your great video games. Yeah, I
2: think he his the, the best he could do for himself right now is to sort of take a stance as sort of an idea man yeah. in charge of a team, Who then executes on his ideas because like i don't know i don't know how much of that he's been doing already but like there's been a lot of situations where i'm just like that could have used a rewrite
0: oh a lot of it like Uh, even metal gear solid 5 like oh yeah
2: well i mean who knows what the story of that was if it was allowed to be a finished game
0: (laughs) it would have been even more
2: bloated probably
0: (laughs) i mean it definitely
2: would have been well it's like i I know there's people that love his stories and it's just, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Like, they're, they're, I mean, they're all sort of on the level of, say, like, Escape from New York, which clearly was a big influence on yeah. him. Like, it kind of, but like, he they're like all... changed his life. Yeah, but they're all sort of like... B- to us,
0: it was like a kind of cool, corny 80s film. <laughs> yeah, it's like, everything's like
2: an 80s level, 80s picture, like from a a B, like a B picture from the 80s. And like, that's about as far as these movies, these games go. Which, granted is sort of like pretty good for a video game but at the same time like there doesn't seem to be a lot of ambition beyond that no. so I don't really understand especially in the sense that like once you get into the, 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 the visual fidelity and the gameplay variety of Metal Gear Solid 5 you would expect you'd want like the, the dramatic element to kind of elevate with that right. and it just
0: doesn't. Okay so with all this in mind what kind of game do we want him to make?
2: A collaboration really with, with other people yeah I mean anyone. that's kind
0: of what he's been saying he's been doing right
2: yeah I mean I don't I think he needs more eyes on the product I think um, he's gonna have a lot of eyes on him from the consumer side but from like the creative side he needs a lot of input if he really wants to be serious about this film thing he's gonna have to start like listening to other opinions and critiques from other professionals and uh, I, I am willing to bet that he's not taking a lot of that to heart when it comes to the narrative and the, and the storytelling. Frankly, I, th- I would like to see him try another Snatcher kind of thing. I'd like to see him give another shot at um, not, I mean, not that Metal Gear isn't cyberpunk or wasn't by the end of it. But, like, I would like to see him sort of take another shot at that sort of Blade Runner-y, like, idea. Um, maybe a little more noir. Um, which I think is where his strengths have always lain, because that sort of turgid, like, over-the-top storytelling is sort of part and parcel with noir. And, like, you can kind of get away with it more. It's a more yeah. stylized form. And he's always done that really... All, all the way down to, like, the, that one chapter in Metal Gear Solid 4 where Snake's running around, like, a rainy city in his in his trench. Coat. Like, like, looks good. Like, he's got some good stuff in there. And, and Snatcher was some, like, quality Blade Runner plagiarism. So yeah. I you know <laughs> like I'd be li- I'd like to see him give that another shot. Like step away from the paramilitary you know, kind of military idea and sort of you know go real hard into the sort of cyberpunk side of things.
0: I would like to see him and he was already on this path. I would like to see him make a horror game. Mm. Mhm. I mean one thing I would say is that PT kind of discourages that a little bit cuz I wasn't a big fan of PT and the way PT played. But again, I don't think PT was
2: Gonna play like Silent yeah, Hills did. I mean, and I just Silent think it, Hills looks like a much more standard Silent Hill game. Well,
0: I think it was like a litmus test to see mm. if people it would appeal with you. And look, I don't know if people say that they like it because it kind of became this legendary thing because the game was canceled. Or if they really liked playing it. I think it's a little bit of, I mean, it's, it's a,
2: it's, it was a new thing, especially if you hadn't played the Stanley Parable, which is what it's a steal from, Yeah, but it's a horror version of Stanley Parable, and now it looks like it's kind of sparking its own subgenre with things like Layers of Fear, and like, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, indie games that sort of like took the PT idea and are making, the, you know, PT's not going to come out, let's just make our own version of that, and like, you know, that could be a, a successful thing. But um, I don't know. I, I want like a much... third
0: person horror game. Right.
2: Well, I think that's what Silent Hills was going to be, most likely. I wonder how much of the horror idea was from Kojima's interest and in how much of it was because they got Del Toro.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I wonder without Del Toro, maybe Del Toro's still involved, I don't know. Um, without him, I wonder how much interest Kojima has in the horror idea Uh, because I mean again that wouldn't be a bad idea he's always gotten real close to the horror stuff even in his sci-fi things yeah exactly so to see him fully like take that ball and run with it would be interesting
0: I would just like to see a horror game made with that level of commitment because Mm -hmm. I mean love it or hate it love Kojima or hate Kojima You can't deny the craftsmanship, the attention to detail... He's got
2: a vision, that's for sure.
0: ...that he puts into everything that he does. And like, most horror games, like, Resident Evil's kind of, like, schlocky and, like, B-movie, like, Mm. tongue-in-cheek horror. I mean, especially now. Like, I can't remember the last time I was scared by a a Resident Evil game, probably Resident Evil 4. Forever,
2: yeah. Yeah. But it's like like you say, like, Resident Evil is more of, like, the schlocky, like, grindhouse horror movie, whereas, like, even, you know, Escape from New York may not be the, gr- the greatest, like, you know, top of the mountain to aim for in terms of narrative fidelity, but let's not forget that John Carpenter is a very talented director when he's at the height of his power in something like The Thing. Yeah. Um, horror, again, you know, it'd be interesting to, to follow that path.
0: Kojima is also really creative, and I feel like horror games have kind of gotten into this rut where I haven't really, I can't remember the last one that I played that I was really affected by, and I was like, oh, damn, like. That has kind of shifted the way I'm going to look at this style of game going forward. Silent Hill 2, maybe like <laughs> it might actually be like the first Silent Hill, or maybe a Resident Evil 4. But what that did was like take but it 4 away. Was an game. Like, Resident Evil right. 4 was an action game, right? So. Well, I mean, look, I'm not saying it needs to be an action game right. or survival horror. I'm just saying that's the type of mood and tone I want his next game to have mm-hmm. because. I just don't feel like there's enough really creative people working in it in that genre anymore like mikami doesn't really do it anymore he came back for a little bit worked on it he works on a game here and there but then it's always like negligible how much influence he actually has on the game like i just feel like one it's something he's really interested in two it's an area of games that has gone neglected far too long and three i would just love to see that style of game where he uses his way of creatively thinking about video games on that style of a game. I just think it would make something really special. Um, I also would love to hear the soundtrack that he would curate or either create for a game like that. Like he, One thing I will say is he has really, really good taste in music. Um, in fact, if you're ever looking for new music to listen to, go on his Twitter feed and look at whatever album he's listening to last. Like He has really good taste in music. And so I would love to hear what he would do with the soundtrack for a game like this. Um, You know, he says he wants this next game to be edgy and to push the envelope. Horror is the easiest way to do that. Um, Imagine if he just got creative with gore. Like, using his creativity to find ways to show that in a game. Like, I just... I think it would be really memorable. I think it would be a good way to put him back on the map with a statement. Like, I don't want... For instance, I don't want him to make another tactical espionage game. Like, no. I hope to God that his next game is not, like, a rebranded Metal years, Gear game.
2: 30 years, step away from the, the rivet counting gun stuff.
0: Because the other thing that he said in that interview with Polygon was that, you know, his studio has one chance. He's like, if our first game tanks, we're done. Like, mm-hmm. we're gonna ha- I'm going to have to go work for somebody else. That's kind of why I feel like, like horror would
2: be interesting, but I don't know if horror, a horror game from him is the fast track to success.
0: I think it would build the most hype, though. I, no, no, I'd agree. Look, if he probably, if it's true that his there that studio's first game is going to determine the studio's future, he probably should just completely ate Metal Gear Solid,
1: hmm.
0: and he should call it like Soft Gear Solid or some crap that you will not get sued for because Soft Sprocket Gas. I'm right. I mean, if he <laughs> if he wants to guarantee money in the bank, that's probably the way to do it. But selfishly for myself, somebody who wants to play great new games that try things new, I feel like that was that would be the angle for him to take. You know, I wish he had worked harder on Castlevania and had more involvement on in Castlevania instead of just being like this director that worked on it mm-hmm. from six thousand miles away. It probably would have ended up being a lot better than it, it was, particularly the second one, which wasn't good at all. Well, so, the second one had a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean so he's already, he's already worked on it, he's, got, he's been thinking about it for a while, he's probably got some great ideas poking around in his head already, like, just let him out, Kojima, just let him out. Like, I just think it would build a ton of hype for his new studio, It would put it, kind of put the stake in the ground, like, right away, that, you know, we're not the old Kojima, but we're still making great games. I just, think that's the right move. So, mm. will it happen? It's, it's possible. It, I don't think he'll
2: make another Metal Gear. You don't? I don't think he'll make like a Metal Gear alike no
0: you don't think he'll make like a spy game
2: if he does I don't think it will be like a weird like paramilitary future sci fi thing I think it'll be like a like a more straight up James Bond
0: but it'll be like stealthy maybe I don't know see I think I, he needs to get away from that All I think together. he will
2: get away from that I, I don't think he will make something like that I think he'll yeah. make something very different because I'm sure part of the reason he's been making Metal Gear as much as he had is like uh you know metal had gear to. Is, had to but also metal gear is probably like you know the only way he could guarantee a budget to do what he wanted to do right you well
0: sony's floating the bill now so and well, he's saying they won't meddle, but we'll see when he gets to uh, year three it, or year four of development we'll see how that yeah goes. i mean right now
2: sony i'm sure is like here's a blank check make whatever the hell you yeah. know and as long as we put your name on it and like you know who knows but again uh Sony also uh, owns you know owns uh, Team Eco and they haven't put a game out in 11 years. Yeah, so they're
0: pretty patient.
2: <laughs> Maybe we'll see you in 2017. Kojima?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be... Or uh, 2027, rather. He's going to be buttoned up against getting this done this generation, this game. Probably. Because he's still got to build a team, he's got to build a facility. Instead of doing his tour around the world, he probably should have got going on his studio. Yeah, he'd worked a long time. I would have probably toured the world, too, after, after all that. Yeah. So and maybe it ends up being a launch game for PlayStation 5, like who knows. Yeah, maybe maybe
2: he's the one who figures out, maybe he's the one who makes the PlayStation 5's VR killer app.
0: Well, he already said the game's not going to be a VR game. No. So, that was one thing that he said.
2: Well, he says a lot. He, well, he
0: also said that <laughs> he doesn't understand why he got a reputation for coming in late and, and on, not on budget. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe he's a little... De- well, we know Kojima's There's delicious. one thing we know is he sometimes
2: sees things, he's like, oh, wait, that's great, let's use that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he made them rebuild Metal Gear Solid 4 from the ground up after he saw Assassin's right. Creed. Yeah. So, um We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like we are talking about a guy who made a game about children raised in VR simulators as like to be the ultimate soldier, and that's where Raiden comes from, and stuff. Right. And so it's like, you think he's going to be able to resist that if he comes up with the right idea? VR know. is too risky for any studio. But maybe, what if it's just pieces? What if it does like a cyberpunky thing? And in order, when you, when you hack the Gibson or whatever the hell, you put the <laughs> you put the goggles on, and that's the hacking uh, yeah. mini game thing.
0: I, look, I would love for Kojima to work in VR. Because it's like, he does find unique ways to use hardware. Just like the whole mm-hmm. unplugging the controller and plugging it back in. Like, developers don't think like that. He does. And mm-hmm. so he could certainly find unique angles and twists on, I think, any platform that he works on. Like, I would have liked to have seen him make a Wii U game. Or a Wii game with motion control. Like, anything. Like, I would... He's really smart and really creative. Unfortunately, he do, he seems to not recognize where his (laughs) skills lie. Mm -hmm. Like, he thinks he's a great director and writer when in reality, he's really good at coming up with new ways to play games. And I hopefully, I guess above anything, above theme, tone, or whatever, I hope that that's what he does. He finds unique ways to play video games. Period. If it's in horror, all the better. But no matter what, I just hope that he focuses on his strengths and allows somebody else to come in and supplement his deficiencies, I guess, is the best way to put it.
2: So in summary, we would like Kojima to make a good game.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, that's it.
0: <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the last topic of the Big Six, and this is going to be a pretty big one. We're going to talk Far Cry Primal. Matt, we came in today. I thought you had not been playing the game at all. I thought I was going to have to sit here and like carry the whole conversation. It turns out that you have played just about as much time as I have. Mm-hmm. I'm a little farther than you in the game, but not by much. Both of us are well over 15 hours played in the game. Um, I am right at the end of the game. You seem to have done a little more dawdling around mm-hmm. the open world. What I do. I'm do. i reviewing it for doing a game about for it. That kind of necessitates that you move forward a little more. You still sample the side content to make sure yeah. you have a good understanding of it. I'm but, much
2: more in the space of like, oh, what's that? Let's eat it. Right. So.
0: And I've been plowing kind of <laughs> through the campaign a little more. So. First of all, before we start talking about this, Matt, reviews have come out this week. They have not been great. No. And I think that might even be, I may be being nice by saying that. They've not been good, even really. Um, Some reviews have really taken the game to task. It's still giving it a decent score. But I saw one score, and scores have been all over the place. I saw one that was like a 6.5, I saw a 9.5 from one publication. Pretty rare to have that wide of a spread mm. for review scores. Matt, what's your take on that? Um,
2: I don't know, because like a lot of the scores seem kind of accurate if, if the scores we got in this industry used the whole scale. If like, five were
0: really average? Yeah, <laughs> if,
2: if everyone was on the sifted scale, like a yeah. lot of those scores would be reasonable, but um, I think this game's better than four. Uh, I think I think the Far Cry concept finally found its setting with this game, and while I wouldn't give it a nine point five,
1: yeah.
2: uh, I really like it, and I think it works better than four did in a lot of ways. Um, so I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if it's like reviewers who've had to play like three of these things in the space of like two years, or like but we've played those games. Yeah, I've played them all. But like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why the vitriol comes out for this one. All of a sudden, because I think it's a very interesting take on the material. It's an interesting setting that isn't used very often. Um, Ever. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, it's kind of Far Cry 4's Blood Dragon. And they're sort of like, here's a little spin-off game between years that goes crazy. But
0: it's not a little game. No,
2: it's not at all. Like, people were kind of saying, like... You know, oh, it should be an expansion pack, or it's like, oh, they, they made this in a year, so they did not make this game <laughs> oh, in a no. year. They didn't make this game in three years. It the was, game is
0: huge, the yeah. map is huge, and it is littered with stuff to do, man. This is not like... And it's beautiful. It's not like a side... I mean, I don't know why they didn't number this one. Like, it's worthy of being a numbered sequel to this series. I yeah. mean, maybe because of the time period they decided that they...
2: I don't. Apparently, to be a numbered Far Cry sequel, you have to be like a random bro uh, thrown into an exotic (laughs) location uh, and forced to kill people. I don't know. I mean, this is. I guess this is not quite uh, the "oh, we've stripped the veneer of civilization away" thing that like Far Cry usually has. Maybe Far Cry numbered sequels have to have like some really like weird villain that all the PR material contains, but then only appears for like ten minutes in total game time. Because that's happened with Voss and with, uh, um, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember his name. But Troy, Troy Baker in a suit. Yeah, that's what yeah. it, was. it was.
0: Here's, my, here's what Hagen I would Min. say. Pagan Min. That was his name. Pagan yeah, yeah. Min. That's it. Here's what I would say is that all of my fears about this game that I had from watching trailers and reading about it were wrong. My fear was that the lack of guns was going to make the game repetitive and boring to play, and that is not the case at all. No. And it's, and it's not because it's so much fun to use spears and a bow, <laughs> it's, it's because basically what you have with the beasts in this game and the predators is a rocket launcher, a heat sinking rocket launcher that shoots animals. <laughs> that's really what it is. Like, the the animals are the guns in this mm. game. It's like a saber-toothed tiger. Like, whatever you have, a bear. Like, you basically aim the reticle on an enemy and tap the shoulder button, and your animal just goes off and tracks them down and tears them a new one. And so, to me, it's like, I don't really miss the guns if the gun is a saber-toothed tiger. Like... <laughs> I've had a blast with this. In fact, like, I have allowed my sidekick, Beast, to kill far more enemies than I've killed. And I honestly don't know how you could get through this game without using your Beast extensively. Like, it would be really hard. Like, Mm. some of the game does a great job of ramping the difficulty. But where I'm at now, like, I'm in the end stages of the game. It's hard. Like, your fight, like, the first 10 hours of the game was really easy. Like, now I'm at the point where the rank-and-file enemies you fight can kill, like, your saber-tooth with, like, three club hits or whatever. So, it's ramped up nicely. Like, I don't miss the guns at all. Like, it's perfectly balanced with using the bow and all these primitive weapons that you have in conjunction with the animals that you can use. I love that part of it. Here's the part I don't like, though, Matt. Nothing ever happens in this game. Mm-hmm. Nothing like as far as a story is oh, concerned no. Nothing ever happens. You're just trying to rebuild a village That's it take over the area like yeah, there's this tribe that has invaded your area and You're trying to push him out mm. That's it like the bad guy like here's one thing I would say like you're talking about like Voss and all the other bad guys from the Far Cry series one thing I would say is that though they did a great job developing those bad guys. Like, I really hated Voss, and Voss was unique, and he wasn't like any other enemy I had ever kind of had had to, to focus my ire on him for video games before. I remember him. I still remember him, his whole, what's the definition of insanity? Like, I remember, like, all that stuff. I won't remember squat about the bad guys in this game, Matt.
2: Uh, there's a really big Neanderthal guy, his name is, like, Ool, oh. uh, and that's all I got. You
0: see him once, like, for, the, you don't see him for forever when the game starts. That's
2: how Voss was, too, it's just like, Th- villains never, in this, in these, this series, for some reason, do not have constant presences in the game, I don't know why. Well, no,
0: I mean, Voss did, I mean, he had extensive cutscenes where you meet him, and he lays out his plan, he establishes that he's mm. insane, like, You don't even meet the bad guy in this game until like five or six hours into it, and it's this brief little like scene on the battlefield. And I'm like, wait a minute, is that the antagonist? Like, or is he just a field general? Like, I didn't even know that he was supposed to be the bad guy. He doesn't say anything. He says like one line, and then he goes away, and you don't see him again for another like six hours. Like,
2: more than that, for More, yeah. You have to go to the fort and. Yeah, you know, do kind of the there's kind of that final reckoning with with because there's the two main tribes is the Neanderthals, which are described as cannibals, which is weird because I think to be a cannibal you'd have to be a human, right? Well, and I know I know they're humans, right. but they're not Homo sapiens, right. but we could interbreed with them, so I guess maybe this is I don't know know I'm just saying, like they're played off as being a little more monstrous than maybe right. they really were. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the other uh, tribe that is a, is like the, looks like looks like standard Homo sapiens, but they're really big on fire. Yeah, they like to set people on fire. They like to burn like. Prisoners or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I don't know who they represent, but uh, they have much nicer
0: clothes. Yeah. Well, they don't wear much clothes, but they paint their face or they paint their face. But they've got like (laughs) blue
2: outfits, and it's like, oh, that's very nice. I wonder where you got that, you know? Because we're all just wearing skins, you know. We're very, you know, your tribe, you know, the the the. The Wenja are very uh, standard. Which is your tribe. Yeah, our tribe? tribe is the Wenja. They're very standard-issue cavemen. Yeah. Like, they're, they're you know, if you're going to draw, draw a caveman, that's what we look like.
0: Well, they have moved ahead of, like, grunts. Like, they have their own language. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, the subtitles in this game... Are... Are yeah, spelled out as if they speak in caveman language. Yeah, because the
2: because the the language <laughs> is based. I don't remember what it's based. on. It's based on some kind of uh, they created their aboriginal, own. Aboriginal, kind of, like, but yeah. it's like it's like kind of pieces. You know, sort of like Ewoks. It's like they and it works. And like, it works. It sounds it convincing. And... But it's funny that the subtitles are like you know you know you know me
0: need meat.
2: You know, it's, not, <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but it's, it, it's like it's you know it's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Takar help hunters. Hunters hunters ask help kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, when they translate
0: it, what they're saying, they type yeah, it out like that. But
2: it's like. But then, I, you know, because Shane mentioned that before the show, I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't it be also kind of weird if it's like, it's like, Takar, I'm glad you have arrived. The hunters requested help out in the, it's like, like, it's, it's sort of like in our I honestly don't
0: think that would be weird at all.
2: In, in our in our heads, I think, like, I'm kind of expecting them to be, you broken know, a, English a little, or whatever. well, not Flintstones, because the yeah. Flintstones don't talk like that, but right. like, I don't know. It was a creative choice. I don't know if it quite <laughs> works. I, it's
0: probably not worth discussing. I just thought it was funny. but It is uh, funny, though. But that's the thing. Nothing happens in this game. You, it's basically just you Roman out You, my friend, who clearly never tried to set a woolly rhino on fire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things happen after Mo- you that. Uh, Moment to moment, crazy stuff happens <laughs> And we'll get to that in a second But I'm just saying, story-wise, there's nothing like No, this, the story is very light The story is Lighter than light Yeah, the
2: story is like, you need to build this village And if you build the village, you'll get cooler weapons to hit things with and uh go gather every rock and tree you can find because we're going to build some huts like that's yeah so
0: there's like seven or eight specific people that you need to go out into the world and basically rescue and bring back to your village Mm. and then those you then you collect stuff craft stuff and then once you get to certain levels and you've, you've accumulated enough stuff you can then build huts for these seven people or eight people who then will buff your ability to build more stuff. Mm -hmm. So basically you're just building a homestead is what it comes down to. And while you're out in the fields, you'll randomly come across missions where your tribesmen are being held hostage, and you need to rescue them, Pretty much any mission will add citizens back to your village. Mm. And will build the village, and then at certain thresholds of population... Even if, you,
2: even if you save someone, untie them, and then they run off and get killed by an eagle... You still get uh, the they plus. Still, you still get yeah. the population. <laughs> it is a good thing that your population does not go down when your tribe's people do stupid shit. Because, because they're idiots. Yeah, because visiting vis- the mammoth like herds up in the north, like it's just... It's just your people and Neanderthals like getting killed in hilarious ways as you stand there and watch. It's amazing.
0: Well, the other thing too is that your people are terrible fighters. Oh yeah. Against the Neanderthals, just wipe them out every time they're in a fight. Like you have to like run in and like try to save them before. Yeah, they you start better fighting. get good at the
2: headshots from a distance because they're all they'll all be dead by the time you get there.
0: But it doesn't matter. You don't lose population when mm-hmm. the guys like die out in the field, which is the good it's news. It's just disheartening. It is. <laughs> 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 well, it is. You fight through this mission and then you untie them and then a tiger leaps in and just. Yeah, eats it's- Eats his head, and you're just like, "What?" Or you just
2: see guys like running past you, be chased by a badger, and you're just like, "Bro, that's
0: what I love about this game, though—the random stuff that happens. It's like, so other Far Cry games had like a taste of this, Mm. where you know a mountain lion comes running, and maybe you're Mm. trying to shoot a deer, and the mountain lion comes in and kills the deer before you can kill it, or whatever." this ecosystem is insane there there are herds of deer running around and like you get warning signs like you see this herd of like
2: wolves chasing them and stuff yeah you see
0: like a herd of animals coming at you and that's not like they're not just running for exercise like something's chasing them so you learn like oh crap like if 20 deer come running at me there's something really big and bad running after those that herd of deer that you should probably prepare for like the ecosystem part of this game is absolutely incredible. I've never seen another game do it this well, this compelling. It's just you never know what's going to happen. Like I've seen bears fight bears. I've seen saber tooths fight bears. I've seen woolly mammoths stomp the living crap out of a saber. Like it is truly like this living, breathing ecosystem where everything is relying on everything else to survive and it's it's awesome. Like, it is fully realized, like, that's why I say, like, this is totally a Far Cry game, like, more than, like, it, it's like the next evolution of Far Cry, and, like, the lack of guns hasn't changed that at all for me, because they've integrated the animals so well, and it's something that I really enjoyed in the other Far Cry games that I never felt like went far enough, and now it has. But the caveat is, look, it does get repetitive because nothing happens like there's never any major plot points where everything shifts or gets turned on its head like you don't even get to fight the bad guy like forever it takes forever before you really square off with the guy like there's you don't build up any anger towards really anyone in this game i guess is the best way to put it so i'm
2: angry at everyone are you kidding like like, if you you know basically if you come at me i'm gonna find you and kill you You like I have tracked animals much further than I probably should have just because, like, they came at me. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to shoot you an arrow and then they run off and I'm like, I'm going to track your blood yeah. all the way until you fall over and I'm going to take your teeth. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> basically, you know, I don't really miss the story. I don't miss. Really? No, I don't care. I mean, what am I going to do? Like, miss some rudimentary, like, bad guy, good guy. So I don't care. i My just like, okay. Take the valley back! Like we're supposed to live here. Like these guys are awful. Like, they they eat they eat people. The other people set people on fire and then send them back to their village to die br- like a burn. Charred, yeah. Like, you know, it's like it's like it's like okay, I I get it. These guys are jerks. We want to live here. Presumably, you know, the tribe you're playing is the tribe that you know, you know humanity descended from to some degree or whatever. So like we're rooting for us. You know, yeah. we're, it's, you know. And uh, that's all I really need. And, see, and also... that was enough
0: for me for a long time, but now I'm getting to the point where I haven't seen like a new mission type in like forever. There are a lot of like cluster.
2: That every time you see one of those stupid orange like mission things, you're you're like, oh, this thing again, huh? But like, it's always, it's always like the rescue
0: thing. the tribes member. And I from... wish at
2: some point my tribesmen were a little more competent, self-proficient. So yeah. yeah. Um, I, t- frankly, I'm like, how did you manage to get captured? Because every single one of you fuckers gets killed, like if a fucking rock <laughs> drops on your foot. So, far. um, but like, you know, I, 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 you know, your own stories happen well, well enough. Just like you said, like crazy shit. You know, there's a, you know, my, my brilliant idea was like, okay, well, I'm having trouble killing the woolly rhinos. So what if I set one on fire with a fire arrow, so it'll like lose some health before like it, it has a chance to come at me, and I can kill it first. And instead of coming at me, it ran off the brush and set the entire forest on fire, (laughs) flushing out a saber-toothed tiger that then tried to kill me. So I'm running from the saber-toothed tiger. Everything's on fire. A bunch of Neanderthals show up to try to kill the woolly rhino, and then they're getting set on fire because it's trailing fire everywhere. So they're on fire running around, and it's also shooting at me. And then the saber-toothed tiger sometimes breaks off to kill one of them and then like this is about the time my girlfriend walked into the room and she's like what <laughs> and like then i heard a goat yeah. runs by and they're being chased by a badger who is on also on fire
0: yeah
2: and it's just like man is in the forest
0: that <laughs> is the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is when this game is freaking awesome yeah. and it's unlike any other game out there like it i've just never experienced the stuff mm. that i've experienced in this and where that's always the strength of. Far you're Cry, seeing like the you food say, chain further. at work
2: like the, the the you know Far Cry's always had a really cool element of like oh the nature stuff is weird and anything can happen but it's never ever been on this level not
0: even close yeah like I would mess around like any you know they would set you up in the other Far Cry games like mm-hmm. they put the tiger in the cage at the outpost right shoot the cage tiger it's comes a, out kills like
2: it's totally different. Yeah. It's, like, it's they much put, more organic. They
0: put the tiger in the cage as a nod to the old games in this game. Right. Like, it's like a nod saying, yeah, remember... Here you go. Your remember- owl can
2: open the cage, right. whatever. Remember
0: when you used to have to do this to use the yeah. lion, and now you're riding on one? Like <laughs> It's
2: like an evolution. My favorite Far Cry moment of all time was in Far Cry 3, where I was sneaking up to... to I was hunting a leopard. I needed a leopard skin for whatever, you know, because you need a whole skin from an animal to make a fucking bullet bag, or sure, or whatever. So I'm like, I'm looking for the leopard, I've gone to where the leopard icon is on the map, there's like a herd of like, cows or whatever down on the ground, so I'm like, oh, I'll I'll go up and look, and maybe like, he'll be stalking the leopard, you know, maybe the leopard's stalking the the herbivore, so I'll come up and I sit up here, so I'm in like this tall grass up at the top of this ridge, and I'm like, okay, I'll just look around, and all of a sudden I hear growling. And I'm like, what? Oh. And, I, and I slowly turn to the right and there's a leopard, like a foot to my right, <laughs> looking at the same cow as I'm looking at. And I just slowly pull the bow back to hit him in the, in the eye, like before he <laughs> sees me. And right as I'm letting it go, he turns and looks, the arrow goes over his head. And I'm just like,
1: running. Run! Like, <laughs> Run! and,
2: and he's like, wow, thing, and I, and yeah. I'm like, that's my favorite Far Cry moment of all time stuff like, like that happens and, all yeah, the time in this game, this game. Is basically they took that moment and made a game out of it.
0: Oh yeah, like a whole game. That stuff just happens yeah. all the time. It's uncanny. the sound in this game is incredible. Mm. Oh, and like and
2: it's like just like, seeing things out and happen in front of you from the like when, when I first walked out into the world and like there's like this like little herd of, of like boars and all of a sudden this eagle swoops down and picks one of the boars. I'm like, yeah, yeah. and I'm like and like, and you tried know, to fly
0: away with it and drops it. Like. Yeah, and I'm like, did that eagle just take a pig? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? world is terrifying. It really is. Like, <laughs> and the sound in this game is incredible, man. Like, I don't know if I've ever heard sound design this yeah. good. I don't know where they got the. Like, sounds. you really don't
2: even need the HUD. No. You, huh. you, if you turn everything off, I bet you could play the game just fine.
0: It is. I mean, the sound. I just. It puts your butt right at 10,000 BC, man. I don't know how they came up with the sounds for a lot of these creatures. Like it is. I mean, the sound itself scares the crap out of you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you know what a saber tooth sounds like, and if you don't have like a sidekick like with you at that moment, like you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like that saber tooth is gonna kill you unless you have a sidekick with you. Or a river. Yeah, and you—they you, they can't swim. Yeah, yeah. And one. you hear that growl, and you just get this tingle up your spine. You're like, "Oh crap, man!" Like, and you learn, like over time, like what all the animals sound like, and like, or if you just hear like a mammoth charging, mm-hmm. and you hear those feet, but boom, but doom ba doom and his subwoofers kicking. Or like... even
2: you hear like uh, voices. Yeah, And yeah. after a while, you can tell
0: who the they languages. Are. Yeah, like, is it our
2: people? Is it the Neanderthals? Is it the is fire guys? tribe. Like, yeah. Like, you can tell, like, from, from the different language, from the different dialect, and from, like, how the voices are intoned, It's very impressive.
0: And look, Matt, I'm the last person who ever extols the virtues of stories in games. I've long been on the record as saying almost all of them suck and, like, you know, they're, they pale in comparison to films and stuff like that. But, And I'm a gameplay-first guy, typically, but there has to be something, man. I mean, there is just nothing in this game to motivate you to go forward. And look, I get it. Us against them. Save the village. That carried me for 15 hours. Mm. But right around that point, I was like, come on, man. I have done the same missions over and over. I haven't seen a new creature in five hours. Maybe there's, I'm, look, if I dive to the depths somewhere, there's probably some crazy shark or something at the bottom of the, like, whatever. Yeah,
2: I don't think so. Like, as
0: far as just coming across new creatures, like, that has come to an end. Now it's about finding the rare hides of creatures, like... I'm not done with the game. I feel like the game should be done based upon what I've experienced and what little story there is. And so I still have a ways to go. That's why I haven't seen our gaming eval yet. I haven't quite finished the game. Well, it's still, it's still definitely a Ubisoft
2: to-do list. Like oh, so the, many of those. we
0: should talk about the crafting. Yeah. I mean, the crafting and the the gathering in this game is insane. Yeah, if you don't like picking up stuff
2: to make another thing out of that stuff, and not the game for you, because you are picking up stuff. I mean... The crafting has been in the other Far Cries, but it is taken to, like, the nth degree in this one.
0: It's too much, in my opinion. It's way too much. Like, and the other thing, too, is, like, some of the requirements to craft some stuff, like, some of those huts, it's like, oh, I need 50 hardwood. It's like, well, 50 hardwood took me about two hours to collect, lady, like... (laughs) (laughs) And then you're you gonna give it, me more than a bomb bag, right? That. Right. You use it all in that hut, and then you have seven or eight hundred, seven or eight other huts that you have to build, and you, it's like, ugh. Do I have to really go collect all this stuff again? Like, I feel like that was too much.
2: I haven't run into that because after I started building the huts, I was like, oh, that's a lot. So like. I got the skills that, like... That would help you more get more from yeah. it. And so, like, I mean... I, did, I so just I now up, got those. So, so I used up all my alder wood on, like, a, 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 the, the Gathering Woman's uh, second hut upgrade. Yeah. And, uh, and I went out, and, like, five minutes later, I had a full Alderwood again. I mean, it's just, like, you, you get a lot. And, like, the problem and becomes is the finding the, the game rare is, stuff.
0: The game is flexible. Like, it does let you, like... I mean, the, the crafting options are insane. Like, you get, mm-hmm. like, a separate menu for each of those characters that you bring back to the village and some are bigger than others like the first couple you get are huge and then they kind of get smaller as Mm -hmm. you start bringing new people back but and you can see
2: it all ahead of time so you can decide what to do in what order so yeah
0: it doesn't like uncover the next one as you craft one it's like you can see what the end result is going to be so you can kind of plot how you want to craft your stuff to open up the full tree so to speak but to me it's still way too much and then the other part too is like to build some of the huts, like, you, they require a very specific skin. So it's, like, the striped wolf skin. Well, finding a striped wolf could be, like, there could be, like, five on this whole huge map. And, like, I actually found one by luck. Like, so, yeah, you're right. Like, some of the specific, like, skins that you have to get, they start mm-hmm. to get annoying after a while. Because you need them to, like, finish your village, so to speak. So, but, man, I am really loving this game, Matt. Yeah. Like, again, I feel like I'm starting to wane a little bit at the 15, 16 hour mark because things are starting to get repetitive and nothing's really happening with the story. But as far as just playing this game, I'm having a blast, man. Like, oh. I am really looking at these reviews and I'm like, what? <laughs> like,
1: no, are we playing
0: same? And I, I say this, like, it seems like once every three months I would say, are we playing the same game? And this is one of those cases. Like, I feel like a lot of people have seen all the reviews, and look, it's been pretty unanimous, like, 7 to 8 range on the 7 to 10 scale. Every once in a while, I feel like everybody sort well, of... I've seen a couple d- 6.5s. Everybody sort
2: of decides, like, oh, this game is going to be this, and yeah. everybody gives it that score, and that's that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, but I I love this game. Like, I, you know, I don't disagree with your criticisms of it, and I, I would definitely warn off anyone... I would warn off anyone who is just super dead set against the whole like Ubisoft. Like here's a bunch of weird things you have to do, like in a checklist. Here's a spreadsheet no, the, of stuff you need to the check The back out. of your character's cave is literally a checklist made of cave paintings. It I is. I mean, it's yeah. literally what it is. Yeah. But like just getting out there and doing the moment-to-moment stuff and just crafting what you're interested in because that's how you want to play the game as opposed to being a completist about it. Like, there's some great, great times to be had in this, just, in this game. Just, yeah.
0: I mean, just the moments that I've had. I mean, there's just too I could sit here and all it day. It's beautiful.
2: It's a beautiful-looking game on PS4. On PC, I can't even... It's probably going to be even better. I'm sure it'll be even better,
0: but, like, you know, it's it's... It's a pretty and it's game. Such a good it, does, setting. it does get repetitive again. The environments, but look, they they're living in like a jungle environment. So what can you do with mm-hmm. it? I mean, you only have. So and much you do have
2: kind of, of like the southern areas more water based and it's more, the it's north more down is there. North is, snow. is snowy, and you have to craft winter clothing for yourself. Yeah. You yeah, have to have a certain guy, guy in your village who teaches you how to craft winter clothing. It's, it's, so it's, there's all that. Yeah, it's so, like
0: there's all these complicated systems. It's like. You need to go out. You need to find this guy. Once you bring in the guy, you need to build his hut. Once you build his hut, it opens up these new options so that he will teach you how to craft the winter clothes so that you can go to the north. Like, that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about with this game, and that's just one instance of it.
1: Yeah, but
2: like, it does. But at the same time, like it does, you know, make sense in what you know because at first point, you're know, when you don't have the final winter clothing crafted, you get this little cold meter, yeah. and it counts down. If it counts down to nothing, you freeze to death. Yeah. And at some point, I was in there and it was, it was flashing red, and I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of in trouble, and I guess I can fast travel out. But I was like, what if I set a fire? What if I get a fire? And, like, yeah, you set a fire. I was just going to say, why didn't you just set you a fire? You set a fire, and while you're standing next to the fire, your cold meter replenishes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. You yeah, know? I just
0: set a hut on fire and just stood next to it until I re- rebuilt I went the
2: meter. to a campsite, but I guess that would work too. <laughs> I could just set the, the forest on fire, yeah. and that would be warmer.
1: That's well, true. the funny
0: part was, I tried to set grass on fire first, and the heat from it wouldn't get me warm. Hmm. i could run through it and burn and be like ah <laughs> and my cold meter was still like low but the, then I set a hut on fire and stood next mm. to it and my meter actually went went back up so I don't know man i don't i can't see where a lot of people are coming from and evaluating this game like look mm. 15 or 16 hours for 60 bucks is still pretty freaking awesome like most single players don't last that long so yeah
2: about, on the old X-Play scale, I would have probably gone with a 4 out of 5 on it.
0: I mean, look, if I was reviewing on the old 7 to 10 scale, like we used at GT, like this game is way above an 8. Like, I would mm-hmm. definitely give it a higher than an 8. But it's rarely getting scores that high. Like I said, there was one outlier that was like over a 9.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Just people, But
0: most are like 6 to like 7.5. I don't know what the deal like. Do people really want their guns? Do they really want people, no I mean, the, the overall criticism has been that it's too much the same as other Far Cries. That has been the criticism in every review is too it's much not like wrong, the prior game. But I feel like
2: everything that Far Cry consistently does over and over again feels so much at home in this setting. Well, also, that wouldn't it that works.
0: wouldn't it be a new IP if it wasn't a Far Cry well, game? Yes. Like,
2: I mean, that's kind of, yeah. It's like complaining about Street Fighter V because you punch people too much. Yeah, because I mean, there's like, a
0: quarter circle towards yeah. move in it. Like, but
2: I don't, you know. Some every once in a while, I think you know reviewers as a whole, and I include myself in that in that you know community. Uh, particularly back in the day, sometimes we get just get it in our head. It's like, oh, I'm sick of playing this game. Yeah. Like we've done this so much, you know. And it's just sometimes it's warranted. Assassin's Creed, and sometimes Far Cry Primal, I think, is a
0: gem. Like I actually think. feel like this plays a Feel I I'm getting gleaning different types of enjoyment out of this than mm-hmm. I have from prior Far Cry games. Yeah. Like and hey, look, there's still the whole go and overtake the outpost, light the bonfire. But it's different. Reveal enough. the area, the map, that area of the map. You know, obviously Assassin's Creed started that. Far Cry does it as well. But there's no towers. No, obviously, you have to do towers. Yeah, there's no towers in this. But I mean, that whole aesthetic of it, how you progress and make progression in the games, all kind of mm-hmm. the same. But and there honestly, have been a
2: couple times when, like, because you get a grappling hook, a couple times because I've been playing so much uh, dying light. There's been a couple of like, oh yeah, this is really similar to what I already played. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: The grapple hook changes this game big It really does. Try to get it as early as possible because otherwise the traversal in it can be a real pain in the ass. And it's
2: very well implemented. Like the swinging back and forth across things is like actually really well done. Because like a lot of times in first person that stuff can just be annoying. Yeah, yeah. But I really like it in this.
0: I think the gameplay in this is great. Like I really don't miss the guns. One iota. I'm Mm -hmm. glad with the direction that they took. I'd much rather command a dynamic animal as A weapon instead Mm -hmm. of just using bullets or whatever. I uh, think they made the right decision there. I don't begrudge them at all for that. Um, My
2: only real like big question is like, why is there no co-op?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why can't we go together and hunt mammoths? Mm Yeah, that I agree. It makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I
2: probably wouldn't use it because I'm I'm generally a solo player on these games. But like, I don't understand why it's not there. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, it
2: just it seemed because it was in Far Cry Four. Yeah. Like, why not?
0: It sounds like both of us are enjoying the hell out of this game.
2: Yeah. More, way more than I thought I would. Yeah. I mean, I love Far Cry and I was ready for some more Far Cry, but I was... And like, i have
0: being totally cool with that.
2: Yeah, I was just kind of ready. I was kind of ready to be like, oh, cool, I like it. Like, you know, I like prehistory stuff i like dinosaurs and prehistoric animals and stuff and i was cool to see all that stuff i was into that but i really wasn't expecting to be as hooked as i was i mean i played that game for i what? Well, went live at 9 p.m on monday night and i played it until about three in the morning oh just, i've been playing it like i like, mean i
0: have to i need to get through it for the eval but i have been i'm addicted mm-hmm. to the game i
2: have no reason to play it other than i like it and yeah. i just i i put it in even last night i, I started playing it um, or yesterday, I started playing it, and um, I had like a heating pad on my foot because it's. Uh, I did something stupid to it. And like, all of a sudden, my grandma's like, You should take that heating pad off. It's been hours. And I'm like,
1: What? <laughs> and it had been like three and a half hours since I
2: started playing the game, and I just totally didn't. I was in another world. No,
0: I mean, it really does take you to another world. Mm-hmm. And this world existed, which makes it even more compelling. So yeah i agree the hours just while away playing this game you never know what's going to happen from one minute minute to the next you have to stay on your toes at all times because you literally like any minute some creature Mm -hmm. could come barreling out of the bush and just throw all your plans to the wind Mm -hmm. and i like that like sometimes it sucks and you get burned by it but more often than not you end up with these amazing moments like that's the thing. Like, I don't know if I'll play another game this year that has such crazy moments where I share stories about where I'm like, well, I set this thing on fire and then it ran into the house and it <laughs> set the house... Like, it just doesn't happen in other games. Like, like I'm more, I, You know what
2: I'm worried about? I'm worried that I'm going to play No Man's Sky and I'm going to be like, man, I wish you could set stuff on fire. Right? Like, I,
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah. Like, I... Think, don't believe what you're hearing out there. Like wait for our game eval if you're a sifted subscriber because I think it's going to give you a different perspective mm-hmm. from what you've been hearing. Like don't just write this game off based upon the reviews. Yeah, at that the you've very been least, so like far.
2: pick it up cheap at the end of the year or something. Like you know, yeah, play it. Play it at some point.
0: No, oh, for sure you should definitely play it. Like again, like things are going to happen in this game that you've never seen happen in a video game before, and they're awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's just crazy watching the whole food chain at work in this game, and even more so than what you've had in the prior uh, Far Cry games. So, I would say, wait for our eval. Don't write it off yet. It's definitely might be something that you're into. Uh, the eval, hopefully, I think I should be able to finish the game tonight, should be up tomorrow, along with this episode. So, yeah. yeah. You'll get my opinion here and in the eval. So, so- tomorrow you mean now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching this on Sifted, yeah. it should probably be up around the same time. Unless the game has this hidden... Extra leg at the end, but I all my oh, you haven't heard about the World War One section? All right, (laughs) (laughs) like I've got like everything unlocked, all the character, like everything. Like, I the end of the game, you're
2: unfrozen after ending up in an ice block, and you become a lawyer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, don't write it off just yet. Wait for our eval. It's time to move on to our trailer of the week. Could it be speaking of Ubisoft lawyers? Yeah, speaking of Ubisoft's (laughs) lawyers. (laughs) So, uh, the trailer of the week is Uncharted 4's story trailer. It just came out today. It is amazing. Yep. Without a doubt. It's incredible. You're going to see it here in a second. But, what happened today was, there's a little scene, and the weird thing is, is in the trailer. It's nothing.
2: It's there's so, no, reason no reason for reason it to for it.
0: even be in there. Yeah. There's this little shot that shows a picture hanging on the wall, and as it turns out, that picture had been ripped off from an assassin from Assassin's Creed Black Flag
2: concept art.
0: Concept art game. with with the assassin removed the, yeah. from the concept. Yeah, so like, exactly. so it's
2: like
0: they knew they, someone. Somebody knew. knew. Someone with Photoshop knew. The artist who works on Assassin's Creed noticed it right away, went public with it. Naughty Dog to its credit came out and said, oh, my God, what a major, major screw-up. We are so sorry. They apologized to Ubisoft, to the developers of Black Flag, to their fans, and immediately, literally updated the trailer within, like, an hour. Fat. That's fast. And put out the new version. I have no idea how that happened I don't either. I really don't know how they did it. Put out a new version of the trailer with a different painting in that shot. I don't know why they wouldn't just take the shot out, because it literally makes no sense. You'll see it when you watch the trailer. Because I think
2: what that shot's supposed to be is like. Because then it dissolves, it cuts to a location that could have been pretty similar to the original painting. Yeah. Um, And I think it's supposed to be him looking at that and thinking about what he really wants to go do. Well, he's
0: talking about like having a typical family life. Right. And it shows him on the couch with his significant other. And then it just cuts to this shot of a picture. Well,
2: because he kind of looks. It's supposed to be kind of like. You know, that's where he wants to... You know, it's, the, the, the pull's always going to be there to go to that weird, right. forgotten, abandoned island with the zombies on it or whatever. Because something weird always happens at the end of these games. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I still think they could have done without a shot. But anyway, so that's the whole backstory. Or they could have just painted their own damn painting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a developer as big as Naughty Dog, how do they not make everything in-house? Like, it's just insane that this made it into this trailer. Like, it's crazy, folks. But anyway... We'll never know. Yeah, we probably will, actually. Uh, But uh, we don't want to overshadow how awesome the trailer is. So, as usual, before we send you off to watch it, if you have any questions for Matt and I, put them into the chat now. That way we can kind of sort through them while the trailer's playing, and uh, we can come back and get right to them. So, get your questions into the chat right now. Here is the story trailer for Uncharted 4. We
1: were meant to for this, Nathan. You, me, together, we were destined for something great. For those who prove worthy, paradise awaits. It took a long time for him to get out of this game. He's meant for this life. Oh, oh crap! Last I checked, we're all a bunch of thieves digging around where we shouldn't. Sam we're not on the same side. I'm a man of fortune, and I must seek my fortune. So, are you ready to seek your fortune? Hang on, Nathan! Where is the artifact. Dead dog! <laughs> I made a promise that I was done with this life. How long have we been chasing this thing? Long time. Real long time. Just you and me. (laughs) No offense to these guys, but they don't get it. If you're done lying to me, then you should stop lying
0: to yourself.
2: The biggest pirate treasure of all
0: time is within our grasp. Watch out!
1: Look, Nate, I'm gonna make you a one-time offer. Drop everything. Go home. Live your life
0: or we can just end it right here.
2: There's got to be another way. I need you on
1: this one. Sam! You ever wonder like different choices how we might end it up? No. I like the hand we've been dealt.
0: All right, there it is. An awesome trailer, probably the best trailer of 2016 so far, I would say. Um, I think it's the first time we've ever used Uncharted as our trailer of the week on the show, too. Yeah. Yeah not like they put out media every no, day. No, it's not very common. Like, they, they have not they don't, they don't whored saturate. this game out at all, yeah. like a lot of other games. Like, some of the Japanese games anymore, man, holy cow,
2: like... But man, how do they? How does that game look like that? And Street Fighter V on the PS4 has dithered
0: self-shadowing.
1: Yeah.
0: It is, <laughs> it's
2: unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it really is unbelievable. That's why they call them the naughty gods. The naughty gods. But, uh, yeah, they're definitely living up to their pedigree with that game, at least so far. Uh, let's see, we got a ton of questions here. Uh, here's one from Sega... what are your thoughts predictions for sony's playstation vr conference in three weeks so yeah gdc they're having a playstation vr conference fitting because that's where they first showed it right and they always talk vr big at gdc any prediction price yeah i think price and release date yeah i mean look the other two guys have their cards on the table at this point there's no reason not to sony has nothing to gain by holding the price back unless it hasn't figured it out which if it hasn't figured it out at this point there's something really wrong there yeah here's the other thing i would say the rumors were swirling that uh, playstation vr was not coming out until the end of the year if they do not announce the price and the release date at gdc that rumor is 100 percent true mm-hmm. they they should and hopefully will announce price and even if it date. is coming out at the end of the year they still should announce the release date and the price yeah, yeah. i mean otherwise they're going to wait till e3 which surprisingly isn't all that far away right now which yeah. is kind of scary to think about um, otherwise, they wouldn't have another chance to do it. So I would say this is probably where where they'll do it.
2: Yeah, especially because I mean, GDC makes sense to really push it as much as you can because that's where you're going to have the direct contact with developers. Yep. That could make you some really good content, especially if you're pushing to the end of the year. That's enough time to get some stuff in the pipeline for sure. Um, maybe they should talk to the Ori and the Blind Forest guys. <laughs> Apparently, they have nothing to do just to
0: bring it full circle. Uh, from that Japanese dude. Your thoughts on Warren Spector joining System Shock Three team? Cool. Cool. I guess. I guess. (laughs) Cool. I guess. I mean, he look. He's cool. I mean, I just you know. He's a great guy. It's been a long,
2: long time since System Shock Two, and I just.
0: It's been a long time since he's made a game like System Shock. Yeah. I mean, his last two games were Mickey Mouse platformers.
2: Um, Which usually would be an insult, but they were literally Mickey Mouse platforms.
0: Yeah, they, really <laughs> they Mickey were. Mickey Yeah, exactly. Uh, kids game.
1: Mm-hmm. I like
0: them. This I liked them. They're moderately good. Yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but and he's been away now for what four years has it been since he finished the last Mickey game? Four years, yeah. So. I'm a little nervous. I almost feel like he's maybe been signed on a little bit as like a consultant, like figurehead. I would think so. I mean, because he's not moving to work with the team on the game. He's like doing it satellite. He'll fly mm-hmm. in like once a month. And I like... don't
2: think anything negative can come of him as an advisor on that yeah. game. I think he's, you know, whatever you think about the Epic Mickey games, he has, uh, he has a lot of cool ideas, and he knows, um, he knows what a system shot game should be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, more than anybody you would assume. More than anyone Yeah I mean him and Levine right? Yeah And uh, I mean I'm glad You know They've got some eyes From the old days on it I mean it, it, You know it's, You can get sort of Fixated On what how things Have to work How things You want them to work or, or you know An easy way around Something And you know Someone who's been there Since the beginning Someone who was there In the old days When it was a lot harder To get that stuff Off the ground Might be You know Willing to say Like hey You should maybe More do it like this Or you're, you're, you know if you want to be true to the original material, it's more like this. Yeah. So, I, you know, I got no problem with it.
0: Yeah, I think we're both cool Spectre's with it. Spectre's a positive Although, I think it might be a little fun. overrated, his involvement with the game.
2: Yeah, I don't know how much of a headline it is, really, but it's, uh, it's a positive thing for
0: the game. Okay. Let's see. Any opinions? This is from Darnest57, I believe. Uh, do you have any opinions about Black Desert Online launches early access on Saturday at midnight? Um, I hope it changes MMORPG combat forever. Um, it has a much more action-oriented approach to its combat. is much more immediate visceral. Uh, you get a lot more feedback from the combat. Um, I hope that its success, and it has been a success already. It's had like a huge beta. Um, I hope that that motivates future developers of MMORPGs to have that sort of combat in their games. There's no reason MMO combat is the way it is. That it feels like you're completely detached from what's happening. Like, there's no reason for that. So, well, that it, was an artifact of the old 28K right. days, basically. Right. You, right. Now there's no reason for it with right. like, the internet connections the way they are. If so, I can play
2: Street Fighter on internet, I should be able exactly. to play some
0: action based combat. Yeah. So, hopefully, it's a success, and the people who build these games will say, Why did that happen? And then they'll look at what's most different about that game, which is the combat. And they'll start evolving their gameplay as well for future MMORPGs. So that's what I would say. Perhaps it could prod World of Warcraft 2 at long last. Yeah. And if you're watching this, by the way, um, we did curate a story to get on the Black Desert Online beta. Uh, just go to Black Desert Online's game page, and then on the channel nav, just click Early Access, and it'll sift the story right there for you. So if you want to get in on it, you can. I think the one publication has, like, 10,000 invites or something ridiculous. So... Um. Let's see. Someone's giving you Prosper talking of dying light. Hmm. Yeah, from Odin Five it said Prosper talking of dying light. Uh, Boulevard Thirty Three hmm. thoughts on the division beta getting six point four million for biggest new IP beta. Will it blow up now that Destiny is waning. Yep.
2: <laughs> yep. Probably. I mean, I hadn't I hadn't played it before, and I just loaded it up and. You're a big Destiny
0: uh, fan, and you like it a lot, right?
2: I do, I do, and and uh, the bullet spongy thing is annoying, but it's not a game killer. And uh, like, because I didn't play the the first one, I played you know this one. There's a right. lot more to do in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. And more. like running around and exploring this and finding this and going in the sewers and. Running I, I dug it. I dug it a lot. Yeah. So, I think
0: Division's going to be a I think it's going it. to be,
2: yeah. <laughs> and this is, for me, I, I think I've mentioned before, I was like, don't care. I was like, yeah. always, always like eh, but, but as long as like the beta was up and there's nothing else to play, I'm like, I give it a shot. I'm like, all right, I'm in. All
0: right, cool. Yeah. I like it. I think the Division's going to do really well. I think another part of it, too, is that there's not, other than its its other game, Ubisoft, which put out Far Cry to compete with the Division, which is really weird. I don't know what that is about. Makes no sense. but But I'm it, a
2: sucker for base building, so...
0: But Bolivar hit it on the head in that a lot of people are moving on from Destiny, because they're talking about Destiny 2 now, and that's always like, mm-hmm. they're, they're raising the flag. Yeah, that's
2: a mistake. I thought, you know, made when, when you yeah. got, when it launched Destiny, I thought it was like, oh, 10-year plan? Like, that, yeah. so that's going to be your platform for 10 years. Like, just keep updating it World of Warcraft style. No. But now, apparently, you want me to buy another game? Out.
0: They'll, they'll make Division 2 as well.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, they didn't make that promise. They didn't make that statement, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, this is for Vidja Games have you guys played any Garden Warfare 2 feel like it might be overshadowed now I have not played any of it I have not played any of it and do not plan to play any of it so I think you just proved your own point yep (laughs) we're both playing Far Cry Primal instead of playing Garden Warfare 2 so yeah I think that kind of makes your point for you it was overshadowed by other games and now here comes the Division here comes The Division, then here comes Uncharted. Yeah, I mean, that was really poor April, poor and, timing for yeah. Garden Warfare 2, because by all accounts, it's a great game, just like the first one was great. I really liked the first one. And uh, this is kind of more bigger batter, to uh, quote Cliff yeah. Lazinski.
2: <laughs> but it's like something's got to fall by the wayside, and it's going to be that.
0: Yeah, at least for me, my personal playtime, yeah. I just don't have time for it. So, yeah, I think you're right. It is getting uh, overshadowed by other games.
2: But I don't know when else they could have put it out, really. Maybe earlier, but that's not always an option.
0: Um, here's a good one. Enter Blade. With all the ribbing Far Cry Primal is getting for being too much of a checklist, how sad will we be when Zelda use open world is a lot of uh, Skyward Sword-esque tedious side stuff?
2: Uh, it will be completely looked over and given a pass because it's Nintendo.
0: No, I don't believe that. <laughs> Skyward Sword got taken to task. I took it to task a good bit in my review on yeah, GT. You're not
2: reviewing shit for GT anymore, are you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, GT's not reviewing anything anymore, so... Um, I think
2: there's a lot of stuff Nintendo gets away with.
0: No, I would agree with you 100%. And Zelda, in particular, gets a pass. Like, Skyward Sword, like, a lot of people, you know, agree with Nintendo. No voice acting. Why? Mm -hmm. Because Nintendo says it doesn't want voice acting. Not because, if you really think about it, how much better a Zelda game could be if it had voice acting. So, I agree with you. It does get a pass. But I also feel like Nintendo's kind of worn out. It's, uh... It's good. It's goodwill over the last few years. You would think, but uh, for all the t- all the times people spend
2: railing about like piecemeal, overpriced DLC, everybody goes out and buys those amiibos, don't they? Yeah.
0: Look, I, I am scared a little bit for Zelda U as an open world game because.
2: Well, I keep getting worried because they keep doing the thing where it's like, oh, everybody wants an open world
0: game, but we thought, what if
2: we can give it a, give it to them in a way that'll surprise them? I'm like, don't try to surprise me. Just make the fucking open world Zelda game. <laughs> Like, just give me Skyrim with Link. I don't care about what weird twist you want to put on it.
0: Here's what I wonder, is, like, after playing a game like Far Cry Primal, is Zelda going to be able to measure up to even, like, Far Cry Primal as far as an open world is concerned? Like, your first ever open world game? You gotta Are wonder. they going to be able to compete with a team who's now built three of them? Like, like is there going to be, uh, you know, like,
2: moblins, like, hunting, like, little yeah, creatures? And right. stuff? I don't know. I've... I mean,
0: look... Nintendo had to start somewhere, so I'm not begrudging it for making the Switch over to this, but they've got a tough road to tow, man. Like, to yeah. compete with all these open world games with from developers who have been doing it. I mean, look at the Rockstar guys. They've been doing it for decades
1: now. But
2: will it matter? Because, I mean, it's Zelda and, like, people you know, like th- that always oh, happens. It'll matter. <laughs> but it will matter. Well, it might matter to you, but it always happens where, like, you know, like Zelda, or Nintendo does a thing It's like, this is, like, behind the times in terms of what it should be, and it's like, well, i was like, well, I don't care because it's Mario, because right. it's Zelda. You know, that happens a lot with the with the the user base. I think
0: the fans will forgive it. I don't. I, what I'm saying is, I think critics aren't going to be as forgiving on Zelda if it's a crappy open world game. Fans are just going to be like, open world Zelda, blah. Maybe, maybe not. I think I think
2: uh, even in the review world, I think uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of love to Nintendo, and uh, I feel like it's like uh, there's going to be there will be a lot of like. Well, it's like this you know—this game did this better and that better, but it's a first try for Nintendo, and it's pretty good. It's its certainly the best we've ever seen from Nintendo. <laughs>
0: yeah. like that's, uh, that's They'll the find thing. some way to couch it to yeah. soften the blow a little bit.
2: So, I mean, I'm, you know, on one hand, like, Z- Zelda U is, like, one of my most... Wa- you know, I'd say it's top five yeah. most wanted game. For sure. But it's also top five most scary oh, game. Oh, crap. Yeah, yeah, it could be bad.
0: <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. We'll take a couple more... Um, is there any period of time you'd like to see explored? This is from Vox ninety one. Explored in modern AAA games that hasn't been explored or not explored enough. I think This kind of goes back to our discussion from last episode about Assassin's Creed well, and how they're kind of running out of time periods yeah. that are really compelling and interesting.
2: Yeah, although I think he's that probably stems more from the whole like Far Cry Primal.
0: Oh, like, exa- I'm yeah. sure. But, but, but um, I mean, look, the Assassin's Creed could go back to the Stone Age. Yeah. I honestly wish that this game just had dinosaurs. I think that would make the game infinitely more interesting. I get that like Like on
2: one hand I want that, but on the other hand, like there's like a whole subgenre of, of PC games that do that, like Ark and, and yeah, like, but all those things.
0: Have you played ARK though? No. I mean it's not really like that. It's more about like it's even more about crafting well, yeah. and survival and It's
2: like this, the the Daisy thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like um I would. I mean, I don't. There's got to be. It's it's Far Cry. Fuck it. Like, time traveler gets zapped in the dinosaur period, and now you have to do that. It'd be be great. Um, I'd be into that. But like, you know, dinosaurs aren't a totally, you know, super left field thing for games. I mean, we've we've dealt with dinosaurs. I don't know what I would. I always feel like kind of the 18 late 1800s is sort of overlooked. Uh, Early 1900s, Mafia One's one of the few early like 19. Early pre-depression era games I can think of. I wouldn't mind seeing some. La Noir. There. was that
0: the fifties?
2: La Noir was post-war, so that was yeah. the, that was the forties. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I don't know because everything's been explored at this point. There's really a not of much left. I mean,
2: because then you like butt up against the whole like everybody's got to like you know tamp the powder down on the musket, and that just takes for I nobody wants to play that. But um, yeah. I kind of always hoped that Assassin's Creed would catch up to, re- to today, and like you'd get like a one like set in like the flower power '60s or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, that might not be bad. Yeah. Otherwise, pretty much everything's been done at this point. Like. Pretty much. I, mean, I would was, mind like a horror game set around like the Salem witch trials or something. I mean, like I'm interested
2: that. in stuff like For Honor, which sort of tackles the same time period a lot of fantasy games take place well, in, without the fantasy them All stuff. together, yeah. Uh, or the. Um, uh what was the like that there's that game coming out that's like based like around medieval like you know warfare stuff i can't remember the name now but it's like supposed to like there's no magic there's no wizards there's no it's legit it's just legit medieval stuff that kind of thing i'm surprised they haven't done a far cry whereas you know now that primal has set the set the tone i think the next like kind of logical place to go with the turn in terms of that is like now you're a peasant in the dark ages and you have to run around and gather hay and stuff yeah, yeah. and avoid the plague. <laughs> I think that's your next move.
0: I think there is a game about the plague. That's the Division. <laughs>
2: mm. Yeah, but everybody's got AKs and that. I'm saying like Far Cry, bubonic right. is what I'm after.
0: <laughs> got ya. All right, uh, let's see. From Ahab GT question: Will you guys be doing E3 coverage? If so, what would that entail? Really enjoying Game Face. Blah blah blah. Um, yes, we definitely do E3 coverage. What we did last year and we'll probably do at least some form of that this year is a sifted hangout. So what we did is we watched the press conferences basically with you guys uh, with live commentary kind of over the top. Um, People seemed to really like it. It was a lot of fun hanging out um, with all the users and just kind of vibing off of each other during the biggest day in games of the year. So we'll probably do that on the press conference days, the first couple days. Um, The next couple days, no plan yet. Don't want to kind of tip our hand yet and let you know what we're doing. But we'll definitely probably do a hangout for like the big three press conferences. Which I had a really good time doing, and mm-hmm. I think you did too. So. And this time I won't have to press all the buttons. Yeah, exactly. You'll be able to sit here and talk <laughs> instead of running the TriCaster and running like DK and through via satellite. Yeah. That was insane. Uh, let's see. Will E3, this is from sub-level 28. Will E3 be done like you did last year? Yep. So there you go. Um, Dragon Slayer, why Dragon Slayer 91, why is Sony waiting for such a long time to talk about price release for PlayStation VR? Because... It just won.
2: Yeah.
0: It just outweighted everybody else, and now it's holding all the cards. Like as long as it announces a price lower than those other two, it's gonna look good. So it just totally worked the whole situation. And basically. I can't
2: imagine Sony was gonna go six hundred. So yeah. they learned their lesson not to go five hundred ninety nine US dollars already.
0: <laughs> oh wow, there's a ton of questions. Um
2: Kingdom Come Deliverance. Thank you, Ahab GT. That's, that's, the, oh, that is it. Yeah. that's the medieval game with no magic and none of that stuff.
0: Uh, here's one from Cooper B 613 Do you think the reboot of Ratchet & Clank will do well? Considering it's going up against some big games in April like Dark Souls 3, Quantum Break, and Uncharted 4. It's also launching at $40 rather than a normal $60 retail game. I think it'll do okay. I don't think it's going to do well. Matt and I actually had this discussion off camera last week, I believe, before mm. the show. Um, I don't think it's going to do very well Matt does
2: I think it's a different audience the what you're after uh, with a lot of those other games and um, there will be some nostalgia uh, surrounding it because it is kind of a remake of the original and Ratchet's not a dick now
0: I think that's why uh, it's going to hurt it though is because it is just a remake yeah but just a remake and pretty remake... drastic don't get me wrong it is pretty drastic but
2: I think all you got to do is run that thing on TV and commercials and people are going to look I mean it looks like a Warner Bros. cartoon like, yeah. brought to life and it's just you know, i think it's going to appeal people are going to jump in on it it's going to be a cheaper than you know it's 40 bucks it's not full price and then you know i think you know maybe it'll have a boost pi- as it piggybacks on the on the movie cuz i think the movie's going to do okay
0: yeah they pretty much came out day and day with the film and the game so mm-hmm. so I, th- I think it'll be fine
2: i'm sure sony knows what they're expecting and i think they'll get what they're expecting
0: yeah
2: i'm looking forward to it just cuz i like Ratchet and Clank and i'm glad to see more of them even if it's the first one again
0: so, W. Matthew was like, just say it. There are a lot of Nintendo fanboys in the press. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> you ain't wrong. All right. So, one more question, but there's so many here. So, we apologize in advance if we didn't get to your question. And maybe somebody asked a really awesome question and we overlooked it. But uh, let's see. Yep. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if we can find one more. Steam group. I didn't know there was a sifted Steam group. You gotta invite me to this sifted <laughs> Steam group. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You I, don't think I have you know on know Steam, about. actually. You don't have me? I'm Dinfire, just like everywhere else, by the way, on Steam. I looked you up, but you had like two friends. That's probably me. That's you? Yeah, I don't really have any friends on Steam. I play most of my games on console, mm. so. Alright. And actually, I had my. There's account- a
2: bunch of Dinfires.
0: Yeah, I had my account private for like a long time because Mm. I had reviewed something where I needed to have it on private and I forgot to go back and turn it off and it was literally private for like two years or something like that. (laughs) So yeah, I I totally messed that up. Okay, here's the last question. I guess the Steam group
2: was just made during this show. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, good. (laughs) I don't feel so bad now. Uh, here's from jreedvix7, Shane Matt, do you feel like it's better or worse for games industry and messaging that it seems like everything's moving away from E3 and towards smaller in-house community events? So basically, do you think EA's thing was a good idea?
2: We'll see. I mean, for EA, I don't think it matters. They have the, the money and the clout to get their message out however they want to get it out. Um... In terms of like the littler guys, I guess it's a balance between how much it costs versus what exposure you get. Because I know I've discovered some things I would never have seen otherwise at E3, just by yeah. walking around yeah. and trying to get that word. You know, I used to be the one that was in charge of all the hidden gem segments on G4, and I would walk around and try to find the stuff that I, that no one else had... Well, not no one else, because all the sites would find that stuff. Yeah. Everybody has their expert. But stuff that like wasn't on our rundowns, things that were not like in the, in the, the, the purview of the big six or the big eight publishers... Things that I knew wouldn't make it on our air if I didn't bring it to them and say, hey, we should put, uh, you know, whatever this was on the air. Um, So I wonder, like, you know, does that matter anymore? Because now everything is so easy to get to people through various social media outlets. Like, does it make sense to spend the money to even try to do that anymore? I don't know if it does. I I love E3, but, like, if it becomes decentralized, it will become decentralized because everybody is finding that that is successful to
0: get away from that model. I think it's bad for everybody. I think it's bad for EA. I think it's bad for E3. Um, not having the leading third-party publisher and the entire industry at E3 is egg on the face of the ESA. No matter what they tell you, don't believe it. It's egg on its face, and it hates the fact that EA is not on the show floor. Um, it's just a bad look. Hopefully they filled that big, empty void when you first walk yeah, in Yeah, I wonder who's going to be there. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see who actually takes that spot. I'm guessing Activision moves up and takes it. They've always been in the back of that room, right behind EA yeah. for years. But
2: it's just going to be weird because like Activision's booth for years and years has just been a giant wall. Yeah. With no frills, no nuts. So are they going to yeah. revamp that like a like, real booth? Yeah. Right. Well, because that's the thing is like, people, you know, these companies keep these booths for years and years. Yeah. So like, is Activision going to revamp his booth just because it moved up front? I don't think so. I doubt Certainly it. Certainly not with this short
0: notice. Yeah. And the reason it's bad for EA is because E3 is the one chance that you have to speak to all the journalists. And look, I get it. Like with YouTube and Twitch, you know, the impact of the traditional press has definitely diminished a little bit. But you cannot replace, like, the guy coming from Germany's biggest newspaper to cover E3, seeing your products, going back to Germany Writing a story about your product and that going out to everybody who reads that newspaper in Germany. That was kind
2: of my take on it originally, too, but then you said that those guys were going to go wherever they have to go to see these things anyway, so it didn't matter.
0: No, no, no. That's the kids. The kids are going to go. Mm. They're going to get the YouTubers to go there with their capture gear and whatever. That's certainly
2: what I'm worried about is, like, are you going to get the German CNN guy or the you know Portuguese the like, away, MSNBC guy to cross the street?
0: Yeah, every block farther from the convention center that that event is is going to cut off another percent of people from going to EA's event. And look, the truth of the matter is, like, these fan events or these influencer events, basically events for YouTubers and mm-hmm. Twitch streamers to come, those YouTubers and Twitch streamers are going to cover that stuff anyway. Like, does it matter if you have, like, 500 people streaming from your event at once? Or does it, it does it really make a difference? Do you just need four? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not everybody, there's not enough people to go around to watch all those live streams. You're just kind of diluting the message at that point. Um, so I don't think it's a good idea from anyone's perspective I'm sure EA will do a great job with its event it always does uh, their production company that produces their events it does a great job um, I'm sure the access will be better to like typical people who maybe couldn't get into E3 because they're not in the industry but I think if you're just looking at the health of the industry in general and the health of Electronic Arts as a publisher I think it's a mistake to leave E3 so we'll see we'll see how it goes Maybe it doesn't go very well, and people don't show up at their little private thing in the numbers that they had hoped for, and they come back to E3 next year. They haven't left the ESA, by the way, which is a really important distinction. They're still a part of the ESA. They're just not participating in E3 and paying them gobs of money for a little bit of floor space.
2: They're just deciding, we're going to go do our own thing. Yep. Everyone else is going to dinner.
0: Well, we were going to have a sandwich. Yep. So... All right, that's it for Game Face, episode 38, as always, to our European live stream watchers. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to everybody for all the great questions. And once again, we apologize, we couldn't get to everyone's questions. Um, I saw a lot of questions in here, just skimming it really quickly. I saw E3, 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 E3. Um, we'll give you our E3 plan whenever it's ready. Um, just, Just so you know, we will be doing the press conferences. We'll be hanging out with you guys for that stuff. The rest of our coverage is still, we're still working on it. When we have that information, we'll give it to you. So, Still got a couple months to go. Mm-hmm. E3's not quite here, but uh, we are... It's four months out. We're right. Just gonna... We are you're just starting to think about it already. So, uh, yeah. We'll have a plan for E3, and we'll share it with you guys when we're ready to. So it shouldn't be too much longer. We'll start to figure it all out. Um, but as always, thanks for watching. Uh, we really appreciate it. Everybody have an awesome night. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>